We'll do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! Right. Fucking thing sucks! Hello and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to season four of the Screaming Idiots show. And wherever you are and however you may be listening, we thank you for tuning in to uh, spend some time with us and talk some music. As always, I want to thank all of our uh, listeners that have been with us from the beginning and want to thank each and every one of you who uh, have jumped on the train along the way. It's been a blast. Um, And I know that all three of us have enjoyed uh, talking to listeners and interacting with uh, you guys and gals. It's been a blast. And we hope that this uh, continues to grow and, and reach more people because that's what it's all about. So for any new listeners, I do want to preface... Uh, this new season by saying, as we sit here today, we are recording on July 14th of 2023. And the way that we do these seasons is we record them in advance because, you know, we're not a a news station podcast, as we've said before. We're not here to do any breaking news or anything like that. We're uh, storytellers, if you will. And, you know, with the guests that we have come on, our goal is always to uh, hear stories and, and converse about music and the way it affects our lives. Um, so we record these in advance and then release them, uh, after recording. So if you're listening to this, you're listening in August and you're going, well, what the hell are they talking about? That happened a month ago. Well, now you know why. So moving on, anybody that doesn't follow all of our social media handles, please give us a follow Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram at T S I S podcast, or just search the screaming idiot show. Give us a follow. We're always posting cool stuff, talking about music and interacting with folks, um, try to keep up with that as much as we can with the three of us running four different social media accounts. It can be a challenge at times, but uh, hop on there and give us a follow. So, boys, feels good to be back in the studio, man. It does feel good. And kind of on that note um, about how we record these, it did feel good to take a break. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think we said that after season two as well when we were jumping in for season three. It's kind of nice to take a step back and... Well, that's because after season two, we were burnt the fuck yeah, out. We were, <laughs> we were roasted well, after it, season two. Not that it gets mundane by any... But, like, sometimes ideas run out for a bit. Yeah. Like, because... I think the grind overshadows the creativity at times. Yeah. It, it, if, it can, if that makes it can, sense. It can almost bury your it creativity. Can, it can feel like a chore sometimes. Like, yeah, yeah. It starts you to know? feel like a job, right? Yeah. Instead I think of... This, yeah, and I think the same thing happens with musicians and, you know, what what we do as musicians trying to constantly write trying Mm -hmm. to constantly um you know get together to practice and do this and do that and thank you because i suck um (laughs) listen we we like to keep it cool in here but we can't have the constant drone of the ac running in the background (laughs) yeah we uh or i i messed that up a couple episodes um there's just the constant but hey we were nice and cool we were chilling in here yeah we was so we've got some some interesting topics, and for for any of you that listened to um, the uh, bonus release that we had in season three, uh, where Tyler and I talked about um, the concert that we went to, um, we actually had a three way call, not a three way. I mean, we've had. You know, I mean, that happened. Skyline chili, baby. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Skyline, they got three ways. We- oh. <laughs> 
So we, Boom! <laughs> I'm back, bitches. I'll just leave I it knew, at that. I knew we had Skyline tasted like shit. <laughs> <Jesus>. Oh, literally. <laughs> so we had a three-way call on the way home from the concert. Preston was on vacation, and we kind of started talking about some topics for upcoming shows, and we really want to dive into some of those in uh, this season four premiere. Um, and you know, we had talked about how. Tyler and I felt like boundaries really stole the show, if you will, from, you know, the headliner of that event, which was counterparts, um, to the point where it wasn't the only reason we left, but it was a big reason why we left early. Um, and it, it it begs the question of, you know, I think we've all probably been to shows where a supporting act just blows you away so much that the headliner comes out and you're like, that's not who mm-hmm. I just saw. It's, they're not they're not hitting me the way that this band did a half an hour ago. And especially when a band comes out with so much energy and and you know that reverberates off of you and you're going nuts and then you know like in the instance where Tyler for Tyler and I was there was like a 45 minute set change between the last kill. supporting act and the headliner and that that killed the mood and then they come out and it's like yeah they're they're good, you know it's they're good live it's good music but they're not who we just saw Mm. so it's an interesting topic of you know as a fan how does that make you feel you know if you're ever in an instance where man i just i'm not feeling this headliner you know (laughs) the the guy that the the group that maybe half the people here had heard of were better you Mm -hmm. know what i mean it's an interesting topic so i think one thing to be said to that is it goes a little bit beyond um just what band you prefer so i'm like going into it you know what i mean because like you and i really went for like miles to flames we really didn't know boundaries we didn't know Merta. um i knew counterparts but to me they don't they don't touch like miles to flames right and for Something like that, we could have went into and just been like, oh, you know, like Miles of Flames, fuck killed man, they stole the show. And just, just because we prefer their music, we, we could have just meat rode them. But taking that more objective look at it and saying, holy fuck, we, we had never seen these guys, barely looked into their music, and they completely blew everyone away. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there's a lot of people that I hear talk about shows and talk about that very thing or, you know, I really thought this band, you know, was the best band on the bill. And it's like, no, you just like them more. They, they probably didn't even do any better than any of the other bands. They they probably actually sucked that night. You just fucking meet right them. preconceived notion right. in your head. Yeah. Whereas, you know, something like that where it was like there was no preconceived notions had... I had a little idea what we was getting into because I'd listened through one of their albums, but it was only once, and I was not expecting to, you know, that get was, ravaged. Oh, yeah, the the first three notes. That's what we said on that that one episode. We talked about it. It was it was immediate. It was an instant. Oh fuck! Here we go. And it was we talked about it before the show tonight. We were listening to to boundaries. And it's just an onslaught, bro. And it's I told Preston, I'm like, that's what it was like live, dude. They just they never stopped. It just was one song to the next. There was every- so much more energy live. It was crazy, bro. 
It like was cr- you, you take what 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 is on the record and and playing through your speakers, and you just you you add, I don't know, so much more life to it, so much more energy to it, and it was it was like a fucking atomic bomb went off. Yeah, and it was the energy in the crowd too, like the energy in the crowd was fucking nuts. And and when that you know counterparts comes out, at least I felt like. There was not near that level of just Lose pure. Your fucking shit. Yeah, yeah, I just did. I didn't see it. I didn't see it in the pit. I didn't see it in people standing in the back. Like it was just a, a night and day difference. So I feel like a lot of people there probably felt the same way that we did. Well, I think part of it too is that counterparts doesn't quite rage like boundaries. Um, their music just isn't as intense. Sure, and. They're playing last, so everyone that was, you know, moshing and stuff was probably tired. (laughs) (laughs) Getting kind of fucking tired, (laughs) but it got a little warm in there. And, um, you know, that that extended set change kind of killed the buzz a bit. So it's like it's extreme edging. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Boundaries had us all fired up. Moths almost got us there, and then we stopped. Fucking boundaries with BDSM, baby. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you say? Said boundaries was BDSM. Let's go. (laughs) I bet they played those fucking chords the way it sounds. (laughs) They they fucking slapped me around for damn sure. (laughs) (laughs) More, please. No, don't go. I like the punishment. Okay, all right. I'm So, Preston, you were at that show. Hashtag bondage, baby. (laughs) Well, we made it three full seasons before we got completely canceled. Here we are. At least we'll get to drop this episode. It might only be live. I think there's a lot of people that enjoy it, man. It sounds like that was the... Swallow my chew. It sounds like that was the metal version of bondage and a gag ball, but you enjoyed every second of it. I was in a Chinese sex basket. (laughs) (laughs) All right, turn the air conditioning back on. I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Oh, okay. shit. <laughs> so, so Preston, I know No, you, I haven't had any bourbon yet. You, no, we, yeah, no. I'm about to pour some glass. You weren't at that show, so you can't reference the exact scenario we're speaking of, but I'm, I'm, you know, have you ever been in a situation like that where one of the supporting acts really outshined the headliner? You know what? I can't think back to a time off the top of my head of an example but for some reason i feel like i've experienced it before and i know what you mean by that just that letdown of yeah i'm worn out Mm -hmm. Uh, and it can't whatever they're doing can't pick you back up to that level nope yeah it can't and that's 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 a credit to to boundaries like yeah that's and of course maybe it's hey it's a mess up on counterparts or whoever their part because of maybe technical difficulties or whatever, but um, no, I mean if they if they did that for you guys, which I know they did based off the conversations we had, that's that says a lot about those dudes. Yeah, man, they're they're making their way. Absolutely, and and again, you know, we talked about it, and we should probably refer, or, you know, 
jump back to that on this episode, but both moths and counterparts were without a bass player. Um, so that's a, a big ask to go out and play the backing tracks or, you know, bring the low end of one guitar way out and all that. So I will give them credit for that, but it's, I struggle with it because I'm like, if I'm counterparts and I'm putting together a, a show bill, which I don't know, you guys can speak to this more than I can. Do, do, does a band that is headlining a tour get to pick their supporting acts all the time? Or does the record label have some influence? Does managers... I'm sure there's logistics involved, managers, yeah, so labels. Typically, who's booking the tours, the and We should have asked your dad this question. He would know. <laughs> um, it's it's the agents, um, the booking agents. Okay. And they, they put together the tours, and then they you know, set up the, the tour managers and all that kind of shit. Um, what I've noticed, though, is that the way that tours are set up nowadays seems to be quite different than what they once were. Because you'll, you'll see, like, these pretty, pretty big names, like, one month they're touring with these bands, next month they're touring uh -huh. with these bands, whereas, yep. like, it used to be... You know, three months long. Of, it used yeah, it to be like, like they're, they're on four, for legs four now. or five months for yep. you know these three bands touring the whole country together, kind of thing. And that's just not the way it was. Um, or I'm sorry, that's not the way it is anymore. You you tend to see these legs like we just seen Norma Jean a few months ago with you know they were touring with a few bands and then they, were they the go headliner. off. Yeah, they go off touring with fucking memphis mayfire and shit like I, I it just doesn't make sense to me yeah it's it's weird how i wonder if it factors in and i don't I, there is something else i want to cover on this this topic we're, we're on but <clears throat> it makes me wonder if this kind of relates to the the topic we've discussed before about like music adhd and like being in an instantaneous society and getting bored like maybe people don't want to you know because people go to multiple shows there's like really loyal fans that will go to multiple shows if they're in neighboring states or mm -hmm. whatever. Right. And I wonder if that factors into it some or if bands are just, <laughs> you know, a lot of these bands are just jumping on any opportunity that they can get. I, I'm not I'm not sure. No. So there's there's a lot of planning, a lot of strategy that goes into it. They're looking at where are the majority of their streams um, coming from, like, where are their fans at? Um, you know, you might have you might have a band that has a really big following in, like, the Northeast. Yeah. And so they just kind of stick to that that route, and they'll, they'll do, like, short legs in the Midwest or the Southeast or something like that, just trying to get exposure and get out there. But yeah. You know, that brings it back to things coming more to, like, independent bands or independent labels where bands are able to succeed on a little bit smaller of a level. Yeah. In the sense that they can stay in more of, like, a, a certain region and be a little bit more successful than them just <coughs> doing, like, this shotgun campaign of I'm just going to tour every state, every fucking city that I can, you know, every show that I can, 
there's a lot more strategy to it and a lot of it comes down to data being more accessible nowadays and being able to track like who's your fan base where are they you know are they in columbus or are they in cleveland Mm -hmm. should we be looking at a fucking venue in cincinnati because we we don't have no anybody that listens to us up in cleveland you know things like that and then also trying to find other bands that have a similar audience and trying to pair up with them. That's why the fucking Norma Jean and Memphis Mayfire thing just fucks me all the way up. I'm like, well, if you think about it, I mean... I think it still makes sense. It's just not the same exact kind of band. Like that particular instance. I mean, I think those two are in the metal realm as far apart as you could get. Maybe In the metal realm, yes. But that could have just been a fuck up by someone who just really didn't understand the metal scene very much. Could be. Yeah. It could have just been, hey, we have an open slot on the tour. Find us a fucking show. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe maybe they really weren't like on tour together. Maybe it was just the one show. Could have been. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it could have been. Um, but, you know, all these different things that go into determining what shows you're going to play, even down to the venue, because, you know, one thing kind of bringing it back a little full circle one show that i can think of where one of the supporting acts just stole the show i went down to uh what was it lexington big uh big arena and i seen um it was bad wolves shine down and five finger death punch and i had a bad taste in my mouth from shine down because their last couple albums were dog shit and I was like, well, you know, dad invited me to the show. Fuck it. I'm going to go and hang out with dad. And I was like, you know, it'd be cool to see five finger death punch. Well, by the time we got in there, bad wolves had already played. This was like right after they dropped that cover and they started to blow up. So we the missed Blondie them. Song. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't fucking know. I have no point of reference on that band, bro. That's not Blondie. What the fuck? Bro, I Blondie's a singer of that band. I have yeah. zero point of reference on anything that you're talking about. I'm ignorant. But anyway. Um, that is not a space I thrive <clears throat> in, bro. <laughs> yeah. So here I am expecting to really enjoy Five Zombie. Finger Death Zombie. Punch. Zombie, that's the song. Sorry. And I had to say it. Shinedown comes out, absolutely blows me away. It was one of the best fucking performances, live performances I've ever seen. And Five Finger Death Punch gets out there, and it sounded like dog shit. Hmm. And a lot of it was because of the venue. Okay. Five Finger Death Punch's songs do not fucking thrive in an arena because it's got a little bit of thrash to it, very rhythmic, and everything in the arena just fucking reverberates all around. And so all of that just jumbles up and sounds like complete shit. But Shinedown... Their sound was fucking perfect for it. You got something to say no, about he, he said reverberate, and there's a there's a falling in reverse song where Ronnie Radke's like says, "Do reverberate." Like, <laughs> there's a video of him making fun of himself oh. in that music video, and he's do reverberate. Do reverberate. I'm but sorry. anyway, so you have to consider the venues that you're playing. At. That's why. You probably will never see Norma Jean in an arena. Um, yeah. You'll never see uh, a lot of these, like, 
metal thrashy mm-hmm. bands playing in arenas metallica made it work somehow i don't know i've never been to a show i don't know what it sounds like in the arena <laughs> they're a billion dollar band yeah I afford the sound yeah i i'm not sure but that's another thing they're taking into consideration when they're booking tours is you know what's the occupancy of these venues you know what's the style of the venue you know is this you know we fucking puddle of mud and now we're you know down to playing shitty little dive bars and stuff with bands like screaming evidence uh opening for them or like so that that brings me back to the the whole supporting x deal in the show as a band i wonder how that because they're not dumb they you know counterparts is not dumb they go out there and it might have changed later into their set we left early so i i'm just speaking from what i saw while i was there the crowd energy was not what it was when Boundaries was, was playing. It wasn't what it was when Moz was playing. This place was going fucking nuts when Moz was playing, too. Because mm-hmm. Chris was going to personally beat everybody's ass that wasn't moving. Yeah. So they were I'm like, I'm in danger. Scared. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. But anyways, as a band, I wonder how that would affect you. If you go out, you're the headliner. This is your tour and people aren't doing they're they're you can tell that they are not feeling you like they were the bands that played before you. I I mean, I don't mean to put you guys on the spot, but have you ever played a show where you've been in either shoe of you're a supporting act and you stole the show, or you're the headliner and somebody stole the show from you? Hmm. Now I have been to some of your guys' shows where and I'm not gonna name drop bands on here because I don't want to hurt feelings. But you guys have absolutely stolen the show. And maybe that's me being biased. But I've been to some of your guys' shows where you were not the headliner. You're third or fourth down the list, second, third, or fourth down the list, and you've absolutely stolen the show. So from your guys' standpoint, do you feel like you've ever been in either one of those positions? I I do. I mean, there's an event we play pretty often that it feels like every year that's kind of what happens yeah um and that's not to say anything bad or anything like that about anybody else as as a band or as a group but um i'm trying to think if i've been in a situation where i think fate of orion had played before us one time somewhere and it was like oh shit one of those oh god how do we follow that shit shit Jasmine's a singer. Oh yeah, Avanti. Uh, Avanti. Yeah, that's true. Yep. Uh, yep. That Muddy Creek Saloon yep. Summer Fest or whatever the fuck they the hell did. Hell of a show. They played like second, I think. And when they got off the stage, I was like, "Hmm. I mean, there's another band between us, but like, how do we get? How do we build it back up, boys? I, near, I nearly cussed yeah. her out. Like, how the fuck am I supposed to like get up there and scream, knowing that you scream the way that you scream? And then, and I, I think I remember so. when she got up on stage because <laughs> we didn't know anything about this band at the time. But when Jasmine had got up on stage, shout out Jasmine. Um, I think she had done like a little singing, like solo singing thing or like this high note or something. And we're like, we didn't know what was about to happen. And then they break into their first song and she starts screaming. I'm like, oh, shit. Everybody was screaming. Yeah, man. It's a rat. It was awesome. It was fucking awesome. And they were oh, tight. Oh, shit. It's All a rat. Right. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, so I've I've been kind I wish of I in, stand up and do the wiggle right we, now. We weren't we weren't the headliner by any means no. on that, but you know, having just there, a there's band been some bands you, you know. that have gone before us that were like, man, I feel like it's going to be tough to follow that. Yeah. Yep. One one show that that came to mind. You remember that uh, Club Panama? I think it was one of the first shows you played with us. Mm, yeah. The uh, mm. like Ronnie James Dio uh, uh, tribute or something. Was it Ronnie James Dio? I don't know. I'm these motherfuckers. These motherfuckers dressed up and was all. We're the last in line. <laughs> <laughs> but like these dudes, we played. Uh, there was three bands. We played second. And we fucking kill it. The whole, I mean, it's a yeah. small space. All twenty five of them are going nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's there how, that's was what about it was yeah. it was a building where like max occupancy should have been like thirty, but there yeah. was probably sixty people in there. This is a while ago though, right? This is oh, like yeah. four years ago yeah. or so. And I remember walking into that place and it smelled like cat piss, but it ended up being one of my favorite shows we've ever played. I bet I can guess why it smelled like cat piss. <laughs> but like these dudes get up there and they're these these really old cats that just, you know, bless their hearts. They, they were trying their best. Rock and roll, dude. They, Crank. <laughs> oh god. They were uh they they got up there, done you their asshole. thing. They had a decent reaction, but it, it the the room wasn't going nuts the way it did when we went. And then I think like didn't that dude end up being like a pedophile or some shit? Oh, you remember more about this than I do. It I, was a chomo, eh? I remember the guys dressed up, but I don't remember like that much of that experience by any means. So, well, it was uh, the 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 biggest downside is I think we left a couple guitar stands. Uh, I've done that about fucking every show we've played. I've bought 30,000 of them. I bought an expensive one thinking, oh, I will value this and take care of it. Nope, left it at the last show. A lot of dudes do that with their wife. <laughs> mm. Touche. <laughs> Boy, she's expensive. I Guilty. think I'll leave this bitch at the bar. <laughs> but... <laughs> Fuck that shit, I'm out. <laughs> but, uh... I don't know. It's it's a weird situation to be in, and I think if you're able to check your ego, yes, it's not a bad experience by it's any motivating. means. It's motivating. That's what I would hope it it's, does. Yep. It's encouraging. It's you know we we had kind of a discussion about it in one of our earlier episodes where like there's a lot of ego out there in the scene. There's a lot yeah. of p- jealousy and shit. And you can really let it fuck your day up. And there's there's bands out there much better than us. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're not doing it for a living, for yeah. a reason. Um, <clears throat> and there's other bands that think they're better than us. And it's like, well, I, I, I think, think, I think the are. crowd disagrees, you know? Um, and they'll get all pissy about it. Like, there's, there's bands that we fucked with in the past that... You know, after playing a show with them, they just stop contacting us. Name drop them, pussy. <laughs> That's fucked up. But um, it's it's weird, man. I I think if I were in that situation on that level, though, mm-hmm. it, it That's might be, be a tough pill to swallow. It would be a big pride pill to swallow, mm-hmm. and it might be one of those things where I don't know how many like headlining tours counterparts has had. 
Uh, well, and there, I would say probably very recent that they started having their own headline. Right. I mean, their 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 guitarists especially look really young. Yeah, so, and yeah. I've been listening to Counterparts for I'd say five six years roughly. Um, so maybe they're our age. Yeah, they they might be. Um, but I would say, and I could be dead wrong by saying this, but I would say about now is probably close to when they've done their first real real headlining. Not their first, but one yeah, of their. So yeah. You know, they're still learning. They're big. They're like figuring national. out. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're figuring out. You know, who's going to be good to put on bills with them, things like that. <laughs> Boundaries doesn't get invited. But I will say <laughs> that'd be kind of fucked up. It'd but be fucked. you know, honestly, it sounds like Boundaries should have their own headlining tour. No shit. But the problem well, I'm sure is, I don't a real think, fan base after that. I don't think they have the fan base to really support it. It yeah. probably makes more sense for them to get on these bills with more well-known bands. I might, if, if Misha keeps pushing them, they'll be. I fine. might disagree with you because there was like a lot of their fucking songs that everybody, or not everybody, but a fuck ton of people in the crowd. They're from Connecticut, yeah, and a fuck ton of people in the crowd in Columbus, Ohio, knew the words of their songs. Yeah, that's like, pretty dope. Kind of big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they got but some shit figured let's, out. Let's all be real here, but Moz was the biggest band there. Yeah. Like, I was blown away that they were a supporting act for anybody. They do that. What I've noticed... I've, I've, but I also am blown away that Currents is a supporting act for Polaris for the show we're going to in October. Well, and you make a good point because what I've noticed as of late Currents is, is like... huge, bro. Specifically with Moz... Them boys just like to fucking play. I think I think that's they it. just I think like they to just fucking like play, play. So they'll just get on anything Except and for that everything one song. they can. Except yeah. for the one song. <laughs> yeah. Chris will tell you he absolutely fucking hates that song. Apparently we were the last to hear it live. So I mean I, I would think Malls is And Malls isn't on it. They don't have a new record out right now that they're yeah, touring. So I think one's obviously the, coming. Yeah. But they're not I think they're just, like you said, I think they just love to fucking play, which if you don't, why are you doing it? So Yeah, right. and I think if they're in a situation where they've been doing it so long, like if they're not recording in the studio or doing a headlining tour, they don't just want to sit at home. No, why? Why when you can you go out and play. we're living a dream? Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and that's the thing is, if let's you're, say, sorry, no, no, no. What I was gonna say wasn't important. Go ahead. I was just saying, let's say we're on that sort of level, or even much down the road, much smaller of a level, but. We have these bands somewhat locally that we've built these relationships with. We would want them to be a part of our tour with mm-hmm. us and or if they're to that level, we would love for them to have us involved. Right. It's you know and that, that bill specifically, they're from all over the country. So America's from Houston, Texas, Boundaries is from Connecticut, Mons mm-hmm. is from Columbus, Ohio. I don't know where counterparts is from. But just that instance, man, they're they're from all over the place. So, they, I mean, they've built some serious relationships. And shout out to Counterparts for being able to get moths on their bill as a supporting act like that. Mm-hmm. That That's why I, I, I don't want to be super unfair to them because moths said, yeah, we'll be your backup. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. a band as big as Moth, yeah. those dudes probably fucking rip. Yeah. But it was just that particular night, Boundaries came out with a fucking fire lit under their ass and said, we're going to absolutely tear this place to the fucking ground. Because, you know, a band like that that's thinking, man, man, we're playing before one band that is gigantic and then another band that's obviously extremely big has their own headlining tour. We've got to do something to set mm-hmm. ourselves apart. 
Mm-hmm. And they absolutely did, man. I mean, they they made a a huge fan out of the out of us. You know what I mean? So, I would say maybe another thing is, <clears throat> like for us, if if we get invited to a show and it's we get a lot uh, invited to a lot of these local shows where it's like three, maybe four bands. I don't want to fucking play last. Like, spoiled just spoiled as it sounds, but yeah, I don't want to play last because. By the time I play, most of the crowd's tired. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all a bunch of old fucks. We're used to being in bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the crowd, like, if there's three bands, I want to play in the middle because <clears throat> they're warmed up from the, the yep. band before, but they're not tired yet. And so it's like the prime time. And then if there's four bands, I want to play third. Yeah. So it might have been a thing where, like, Monster Flames was just like, that's kind of where we want to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Very well could be. Because they, they didn't play last when they played with Polaris. Whose tour was it? That was Polaris. Was it Polaris's tour? Well, what the hell were they touring on? Pretty hmm. sure. I don't, I don't remember if it was the Death of Me tour or what it was. Anyways. That was just last yeah. year. Yeah. So I don't know. It, it, you know, there's a lot of different things that could have been going on there, but and it was I shortly think, after. Uh, what's the EP called by Moss? I'm sorry. Uh, pure like porcelain. Yes, the, pure uh, like porcelain. It was shortly after that it dropped. So, anyways, whatever. It, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's, it, it's it is just, what it is. It's, it's, it's an, an interesting, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's an in, interesting Pinch topic, and coke, babe. Well, all right. How about a poke? Oh. <laughs> Fucking bondage is about to happen. <laughs> Three-way bondage. So that kind of leads me into our next topic, which I guess I kind of hinted at earlier in the in the show, but I mentioned that both moths and counterparts were minus a bassist. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like there is more and more um, band turnover in, in modern metal music. Um one because obviously you got to make a whole bunch more money to support yourself these days than you did in 1984. It sucked out here. So it's hard out here for a pimp. Mm-hmm. It's hard out here for a pimp. So Tyler brought up this this question, and it's when you when there is a band that you admire <clears throat> that loses a pivotal member, would you prefer that they? Go on and find a replacement and continue on? Or would you rather that they go their separate ways and, and do other things with other people musically? <clears throat> so, I, oh. no, go, this is Tyler's point. If he wants to go ahead, he can go. <clears throat> I don't know. It was just something we were talking about leaving that show because, you know, we were talking about, well, those two bands didn't have basis. Maybe, maybe that's why they didn't seem to have the energy that boundaries did um because there's a certain level of energy that comes from the bass being there live ain't nobody fucking listening to it nobody cares what the bass player is playing they notice if but he they ain't feel there. it or they she feel it yep so there's that lack of of feeling um with those two bands and i think that might have contributed to why boundaries was able to steal the show but it's like when when you're a band on on those levels and you're dealing with issues with members and whatnot, it's like 
do we just say fuck it and just call it quits or do we try to find a replacement and then you're starting to cycle through members and you know screaming evidence we we went through that and it came to a point where we were like fuck it we're gonna be a three-piece and that's just what we're gonna do and that's what we did for years until we found Preston and it was like finally someone that is good at their instrument but also sober so that's pretty Hmm. cool (laughs) so excuse me when I think about it I I you know when you ask a definitive question and someone goes well it depends you're like no it's a yes or no it's this or that but I'm gonna say it depends and I'll give you a couple examples We've talked about it before on this show of Mice and Men, okay? So when Austin Carlisle left the band because of health issues, that, in my opinion, was their entire their entire persona, sound, all of it. But when a drummer or one out of two or three guitarists leaves the band, <clears throat> sorry, does it really affect them that much? Or, you know, a, a bass player or whatever. Does it really affect them that much? Well, again, it depends. But, like, for Of Mice and Men, for me, I think they should have just broken up and, and gone and done something else. That's a hot take. Everybody listens going, fuck this guy. He's a dumbass. He don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I got in an argument with somebody on Twitter the other day about how they've sucked since Carlisle left. But um, So when a pivotal piece like that leaves... Yeah, I, I think, you know, you, you if you can't replace them with something close, mm-hmm. then you might as well hit the road. And if my cement didn't choose to replace him at all, they just carried on with what they did. You know, like when a member dies. So if you think of Lane Staley, right, they replaced Lane Staley with a guy that sounds close. He's not Lane Staley, but he's close. But they he's also had Jerry Cantrell. Yeah, he's he's, really he's good. William really Duvall is pretty really damn good. fucking close. But they also have Jerry Cantrell, who yeah. did half the vocals right. anyways. Nirvana, they broke up. Um, yeah, that's tough, man. All that remains, Ollie dies. They're yeah. still going, yeah. they right? They got I don't, Jason Richardson. They, exactly. So they replaced yep. him. But it's not. this is going to sound morbid, and I don't mean it to be, but it, it's not that big a deal. It's, it's, it's a guitar player. They're a dime a dozen. It's on to the next. There's so many talented guitar players out there. There's a bunch of talented vocalists, too. But mm-hmm. when a band has established themselves well enough to have such an iconic identity. sound and an identity yep. vocally, yep. I don't know how you move on from that in so many scenarios. Alice in Chains is a, a, uh, an anomaly. outlier, an anomaly, mm-hmm. that they were still able to replace Lane Staley and, and still, make, William. still make good music. Yeah. Bangers. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Yeah. Fucking bangers, bro. They still make great music. So mm-hmm. I think it depends. Like, And I don't want to lead us down too dark a path here, but obviously we're dealing with this right now with Polaris. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... That's what I was about to hit on. Yeah, it's 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 a horrible s- scenario. And this is... I promise you, I do not want Polaris to break up. At all. I want them to replace Ryan, and whether that is with this guy from Wind Walker that they have right now... Wind Waker? Is it Wind Waker? I think... <clears throat> I, I don't know if it's Wind it Waker is. or Wind Walker. Wind Walker sounds cooler. Probably because my kid's name is Walker. But um, so th- whether it's him or whether it's someone else, you know, you still have Rick, who, who was, who's been there longer than Ryan has. If you go back and listen to Dichotomy, their first record, that doesn't have Ryan on it. That's Rick. So they're still going to have a lot of that creativity on guitar that they've had for all these years. 
they're going to be missing a gigantic chunk of it oh without my God, dude, gigantic piece. but i i wouldn't that's a scenario where you know like if it were if it were jamie that passed boy i would struggle if they try to replace that so for me if the vocalist is the one that moves on or you know leaves or unfortunately passes away or something like that and it's an iconic identity boy i'd struggle with that if it's a band that like era if JT Cavi moved on, I'd still listen to him. I don't listen to them for the vocals. They don't have an they don't have an iconic vocal yeah. identity. I think All the remains is another one that doesn't have an iconic <clears throat> vocal identity. Like it's just yeah. a certain ba- kill switch. We've listened to them both with Howard and Jesse both. Yeah, I think you make a really good point. I think it matters, and, and I to me like Polaris is a little bit of an anomaly. But like you make a good point because it it feels like it has to be the the biggest member of the band like you will never hear new van halen in order for it to affect you you'll never hear new van halen music because eddie van halen died yeah he was the band yeah not the vocalist you know van halen sammy hagar david lee roth they had two different vocalists still great music you know why because eddie van halen was writing the songs yeah yeah so it's it if if the biggest member of the band leaves in some way shape or form i struggle with that of yeah, can you really continue on when the who you were is gone? Yeah, and that's where that's where I really struggle with it, and it's it's real right now because you guys, the listeners, all know how big of fans we are of Polaris, and I mean Ryan is my modern yeah, guitar hero. He is my modern guitar hero. Yeah. When I when I discovered Ryan, and I discovered Ryan later than most have that know, knew or know of him, um, you know, it was years later when I did, and he quickly became one of my favorites just because of his own style. And, of course, at the time, I didn't know a lot of it had to do with Rick from, like, the creativity standpoint. But by no means do I want a band like Polaris to break up because I just hope and fucking pray that they're still everything that I that they are, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, I'm like my thought process is like, how do you do it? Right. Yeah, it's 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 an like interesting. He's, he's one of one, man. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Is and Tyler, you can dive in on this too because, like we talked about, Austin Chains, who was mm-hmm. such a big you know influence for you. When you have guys that are one of one, you know that's where I think the the line starts to get blurry yes in this conversation yeah i think really it comes down to two main factors one at what level is the band yes two how important was that one member to the music or the sound so you know kind of diving back into a few of these bands of mice and men i mean they when when dude left they were one of the biggest metal bands in, in metal absolutely yep do you walk away from that level of success same Ugh. thing as we came as or romans you, bro yeah if we try to think in their shoes it's oh. like do you try to do you just walk away from that and try to start anew oh my god or do you try to keep that success alive and maybe push it further um, you know, continue that because that scares me even thinking. And about then, that. <clears throat> you know, you have a band like Norma Jean. Mm-hmm. 
No one that's in that band right now was an original, an original member. member. Nope. Yep. The only and person in that band them. that yeah, has been around for a while is their the, vocalist. Their yep. And I think he came in at like album three. I was going to say, I thought and the third I, I would, album was I would his say, first album. and maybe it's just because and this of is tenure. Like, that album was like, what, 2000? Is 99. A while ago, but, bro. And, <laughs> and I would say, and it's probably just because of tenure, but I feel like he has an identity. He's that band. To me, Norma Jean. Yes. Oh, absolutely. He is that yes. band. When I think yeah. Norma Jean, I think of him. Yes. And it's that's no discredit to anybody else that's in the band because they're all great. Oh, fair. yeah. Well, but, I don't think anyone else, you know, really has. I apologize. An I don't influencing know element to the music, the way their their vocal their lead vocalist does. Yeah. Um, you know, they're not. At, at no point have they ever written anything that isn't something, you know, they can't find a guitarist to fill in for. Mm. You know, finding yeah. finding a, a guitarist to fill in for Polaris has got to be miles harder yeah. than finding a, a guitarist to fill in for, for Norma Jean. Jean. Mm-hmm. If you think we're crazy, listen to Consume. Listen <laughs> to Pray for Rain. But like, listen to, uh, God, every one of them. Yeah, so you, you have that stuff, and then it's like, well, how much, no, sad. How much of the uh, writing, you know, are they, inf- you know, contributing you have well you know let's bring up metallica mm-hmm. uh dave mustaine got kicked out yep mm-hmm. i mean metallica Cliff still Burton. kept, We've kept never the band alive and here. became one of the biggest bands ever but like their main songwriter left like what the fuck do you do at that well, point let's put it this way their entire first album was written <laughs> pretty exclusively guitar wise yeah. by dave mustaine well they, it's and just then, played by kirk hammett and then so was a lot of the shit on the second record, and even some shit on the third record. And then the other part we've never even touched on, and it's it's Cliff? not that we got into it, but we haven't even talked about the Cliff situation, and that's fine because everybody is aware of the Cliff situation. But what Cliff was? What? Imagine Metallica. The greatest that's ever drawn a breath. Imagine Metallica in that situation after you lose Cliff. Yeah. In the middle of to the me, biggest that's tour the modern, of your life at the time. And I know somebody's going to think I'm fucking crazy when I say this, and I don't care. But to me, yeah, fuck because you. of how much it means to me, like that's Ryan and Polaris' situation to thing. me it's right now. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's a part of me. Because of how much Selfishly, there's a part of me missing. Uh, as much songwriting as Cliff did for Metallica, it's the same thing in respects to Ryan. Well, and we talk, and I don't mean to go down another it, it road here. It goes back here. to the one of one thing, right? Yeah, we you know, talk yeah. about we when we delved into Polaris, um, we talked we we delved very deep into Polaris because that was of a bonus our love content for them. Episode. If you don't subscribe to Patreon, you better hop on there. You'll love it. <laughs> we talked about our love for them and reason for me and for Kyler, and I think for for you as well because mm-hmm. the quote I love that you had said was you fell you fall in love over and over again with the choices they make in regards to their music. But Mm -hmm. also, when you think about Polaris and even Metallica with Cliff years ago, every single one of those members were one of one. So it's like... Except maybe Lars. Okay, yeah. He he had an iconic snare drum. All right, fuck it. But He's a really good songwriter. Yeah, but like... Imagine a scenario with a band that everybody is not saying they're the best 
the ever, best at what they do, yeah. but all, as a one. group together, like they're one of one, like that. There's a hole there, man. There's a well, real I'll, I'll hole put, there. I'll put it like this. I love when um, he says that. I'm gonna put it like this. I'm gonna put it like this. I'm gonna put it like this, girl. I have went. <laughs> it when I was when I was younger, there was a good friend of mine that played drums. Um, there was another guy that, uh, was, was a buddy of mine, but like, I didn't hang out with him much. He played drums and I, I had jammed with both of them. If Scotty left the band, like it's over. Dude, yeah. And I'll never, I'll, I'll never find a drummer mm-hmm. that I connect so well with. Yep. Like I do Scotty. Not yep. to mention that, but Scotty's just kind of like an elite human being. Well, he's, just a he's great person. He, he's pretty dope. I well, like Scotty. And, but like, and then, you know, you, you, you talk about... You would say about, the same about Sean. Yeah, Sean. Motherfucker writes all the songs. <laughs> well, and that's where... One-on-one, like, one, bro. <laughs> like, he writes all the songs. He is a, a far better vocalist than I am, even though the motherfucker keeps trying to convince me to take over singing. <laughs> he, just, he just wants to play guitar. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'll help you out, but Let like, Preston I ain't doing the thing. And um, yeah. <laughs> so like yeah. there's there's certain members and I, I really there there's so many factors that go into this discussion, it is really hard to determine. It's there heavy, are man. bands, um, you know, one I can think of off the top of my head, Evans Blue. They had the mm-hmm. one good album yep. and then that vocalist left and started Parabella or whatever. Really? And yep. Yeah. Fuck, even I didn't know that. Um, I'm supposed to be the music encyclopedia. Started started Parabella, but after he left Evans Blue, Evans Blue was fucking dog shit. It's like y'all should have just fucking quit, but you tried to find a vocalist that could fill in. Completely changed their sound. Yeah, completely changed their sound. Their songs were not good, and it was was terrible. It's like you should have just quit, and they were small enough. That yeah, it really, could've. it really wouldn't have made a difference. Yeah. Bro, that's the thing is, there's some bands that were huge and quit. Lincoln Park, mm. Lincoln Park quit. I mean, they they just put out like the twentieth mm. thing of Meteora that had some unreleased songs on it. But like, I don't think they're. I, I could be wrong. Don't don't skewer me. But they pretty well quit. Nirvana canceled. Quit <laughs> huge. Nirvana was the biggest fucking band in the world at the time. Quit. But like, we came as Romans. They were huge. They kept going. After Kyle passed. And it's not been the same. For me as a listener. To me. No, it hasn't. I, I'd, I'd I'm agree not, it hasn't been I haven't listened to it at all. It's I not bad by any means, but it's not the same. I don't listen to him at all anymore. That's fair. And um, then there's... And, uh, then, and then there's... Uh, for me, like I've said, uh, I'm beating a dead horse here, but of Mice and Men, like, I think they should just fucking quit. Cause it's just, and there's so many people that out there that think that I'm a jackass for saying that. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, go listen to those first two records, and then listen to anything after that, and tell me it's as good because it's not, in my opinion. I I mean, I I do like the one album. Restored Force is a very good fucking. Then album, Then there's man. you know like uh, let's I'll rattle a few off here. Uh, Three Days Grace. When yeah, they when they lost their their Adam original Gontier. singer. Oh, dog shit. I was thinking three doors down. I'm fucking lost right now. Oh, no. Brad, Arnold, Grace, Brad yeah. Arnold's fucking Dude. redneck ass is still rocking that shit. And I, I think yes, I, I differ from Kyler on this situation, but when Three Days Grace lost Gontier, 
nothing to no, do with like Matt Walsh. Fucking, nothing um, to do with it. I like Matt Walsh probably because I listened to his band before he was with Three yeah. Days Grace, which was my darkest days. Um, so I actually like his vocal style. Um, Can't stand it. Adam Gontier was him, so repetitive for me. Um, a lot of their songs sounded the same. I'm not saying that I don't like right. the old Three Days Grace because, right. I mean, dude, what's the song that's boom, boom, down, 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 down? Oh, Every uh, time we everything about you, yeah. I can't. Yeah. I can't. That, that, got that song right there like, changed my life. Like as, yep. as bad as that sound, yep. I was like, "What about Riot?" Uh, that was one of the first songs I ever learned to play on guitar, bro. No, bro, I would love to learn. Uh, I would love to cover Riot because it would set a verse. Yes, Three Days Grace was my whole Holy ass personality. Shit, like when I was that. like eight, nine, ten years old, that was like my favorite band. But I, I that's one that I'm like. Animal. The song Animal. Yeah, that's the that was the one of the not not Riot. Animal was one of the first yeah. songs I learned how to play okay. guitar. Riot, Riot was, was hard. Little, Riot was a little above my head when Riot I was like was 12. Hard, yeah. <laughs> but but so like that when I think of like growing up, that was one of the bands that was really mm-hmm. then Breaking Benjamin, uh, Godsmack, Seether, Slipknot. That was like the the realm I lived <clears> in. <throat> so when Adam Gontier left, I kind of punted on him for a little bit. But then they they started putting out like the song Mountain. Like I really like that song, and that's can't Matt Walsh. I can't stand it. So here's this is coming from the, the guy that likes Beartooth though. So let's <laughs> watch your mouth. <laughs> but like, let's let's put a spin on this. Okay. What about the bands that replaced a member and got better? Okay, so that that's a real thing, right? So that's real life. That's real life. Um, like the first thing I can think of is Under Oath. Their okay. their original uh, vocalist, I I didn't care for him. It was it was really punk hardcorey, but like it was like, ugh. it like the screams and stuff were like this rough shit, and they sounded almost too girly in their clean vocals. Okay, um, but their drummer did a lot of their their clean vocals, and then they ended up. Uh, replacing, I don't know if the original like uh, screamer left or was kicked oh, out or whatever. I even yeah, I have no idea. But all I know is they had replaced him with another guy. I don't know his name. Terrible names. Fuck you if you have a problem with that. But um, <laughs> this is our podcast, not your podcast. <laughs> but like, they replaced him with this guy. He he's one of my favorite screamers. There is, and every album they've had. Well, I don't want to say every album. Uh, the the few albums they had once they replaced that dude were fucking amazing. So I have I apologize. <clears throat> which band? I have oh, Under Oath. So, so he, the, the spin is what about the bands that replaced a member and got better? Mm. And so Monuments. Under Oath is one of mm. them. Monuments. Yeah, they they added that. Uh, clean vocalist. Oh and no, they shit. rip the whole last. He does everything. They were the, the one dude's gone that was yep. on the first couple albums, and then Andy came in for In Stasis was yep. his first record, and they're a million times better. Yeah, vocally. Yeah, I mean, it's still John Brown. It's uh, even still, as yeah. a band, they've transformed. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But they're yeah. better. They're better than they were before. Mm. Oh, so yeah. there are examples out there <clears throat> of someone yep. being replaced and them getting better. Yeah. And I'm I'm trying to think of a couple more here, but the first when you said that, I'm like, oh, monuments. That's yep. the first one that came to mind. Era, 
although we bitch about JT Cavi a lot, he's still better than the dude that was yes. on their first two yep. records. Yep, you're exactly correct. And yep. I don't even know that guy's name. Mm -hmm. But um, the music was incredible on those first couple records, but the vocals were not nearly yeah. what they are with JT. Yeah. So there are examples of someone leaving or getting kicked out or whatever it might be and then getting replaced with someone that's better. They do. It does exist. Yeah, I, I I'm glad we had this brought up on the on the show tonight, just because it's obviously created great conversation. But personally, I think in our situation, and and maybe because it's the only band I've been in, but like I feel there's a certain type of bond between us four that if one of us, no, I'm yeah. serious, come dick suck or whatever I am, but. If one of us were to leave, like, like, especially somebody like Scotty, that especially with the drums, or Sean, that is the voice of the band, like, I, I don't know what my now. Next if you left, would then yeah. I, I don't mean that much. <laughs> I really don't mean that much, and that's okay. Well, we just touched. But feet. then um, weirded out now. You know, to kind of we went from briefly, bondage to fucking footsie. Let's go, baby. So to continue the conversation just a little bit, um, I think it's also important to note what instrument that person plays yeah. because I think <clears throat> the the common theme in conversation is when it's the vocalist that changes, it can either be really good or really fucking bad. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it feels then, like there's extremes yeah, involved, be, right? Yeah, yeah, because like when you, I, mean, I don't want to take away from no, the point, but it, there's 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 icons, like right? We talk about the, mm -hmm. Yeah, we talk about the iconic to factor. us at least. Yeah, Lane Staley. You know, that's yeah, yeah. that's the anomaly for mm -hmm. a vocalist being. Yeah. And I think part of that is because a person's voice is is so much more unique person to person than their playing style on guitar. Absolutely. Right? It's, Absolutely. Yeah, you don't give a shit about it unless you you're an actual musician. You can you can manipulate your voice to an extent. Tom Kiefer, Cinderella, but like there there's limits, right? Instrumentally, you can adapt and learn and mimic or do whatever. Right. And that also brings up like guitarists. We mm -hmm. we've already touched on it. There are so many fucking guitarists out there Get on YouTube, bro. How yes. many fucking teenagers you know picked up a guitar? Yeah, just try it out. Yeah, a bunch. Because that's that's what they want to. Ain't nobody picking up a fucking bass. Right. So when you lose a bass player, how the fuck you going to find somebody to fill that slot? Ain't nobody else playing. Yep. You're going to find a 40-year-old that's retired. <laughs> <laughs> Let's rock, man. Yeah, we playing Dio. <laughs> um, and then drummers. There's not a lot there's of not, good drummers out no, there. I think there's that's such instrument. a difficult yes. instrument. I was going to say, I think that's something people give up on quickly. But also, it's super expensive. I wouldn't. I have no point of reference. Well, you know that. what? The other piece to oh, touch on, and maybe we don't have to do it on this episode. Let's fucking go. It's the season four premiere, bro. It's got to be a banger. Yeah. Why <laughs> is it that way? What? Drumming what expensive? Guitar is this so fucking popular thing. And and drums are as well, but when I think about it, all right, this is... I know five five. If I wasn't <clears throat> in like a local music scene, I know four drummers off the top of my head. All right, compared so there's to a, there's 12, a few things, thirty guitar players. There's a few things that go into that. One, honestly, the guitar is kind of the coolest thing. There. I get that. I mean, but drums other are than pretty being fucking a, cool. a, a vocalist, so like. If I'm a teenager, I'm looking to get into music. I'm looking at all these different instruments. Okay. 
probably going to be easier to pick up a guitar and, and start playing it than the drums. Um, Space. My, yeah. my accessibility. Yeah. Right. Maybe it was a dumb question. They're cheaper. They're cheaper it, to but... grab and, you know, start getting into. The other thing is there's a lot more education for it out there. Um, you got fucking assholes like me that, that'll give guitar lessons in their garage whatever Hell yeah um you got youtube videos you can pretty well teach yourself um i guess how to frame this up so in in human psychology one of the most driving factors of humanity is sex yep Mm -hmm. yep if i'm a if i'm a young boy (laughs) and i'm trying to figure out what instrument i want to play or girls to like me or think I'm which cool. one yeah do you think i'm going to play with to to likely have a better chance probably the flute <laughs> <laughs> hey flute have a piccolo solos <laughs> go hard bro uh, but uh shout out the novelist for using the saxophone bro, let's like go oh, you guys SpongeBob. i don't play a flute i play a fife <laughs> <laughs> Party no! <laughs> All right, listen. My kid watches SpongeBob nonstop. I'm oh, well, my daughter does awesome. as well. Yeah. She loves well, it, bro. I love SpongeBob. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> that that is a huge factor in why there's so many guitarists out there. And then the reason there's not many vocalists out there is just because not many fucking people can sing well. Yeah, yeah. I sure as hell can't. Like, there's a reason I don't even attempt to be a lead singer in a band. Yeah, I like to. You got the face for it, though. I'm sexy, you are, but um, yeah, like I can sit in the in the garage and and you know play and sing the acoustic and fuck around like that. But to to be a lead vocalist in a band, like I just I don't think I have the talent, and I don't have the patience to practice enough to get any better. But then there's some drums. dudes on TikTok that, TikTok that got some nuts because they be going and like, what do you think of my cover? And it's dog shit, and I'm like. I mean, props to your courage and your nuts dropping, bro, but that fucking <laughs> sucked. But then you got drums. One. What fucking parent in their right mind is going to get their kid a fucking drum set? <laughs> hey, son, let me get you the loudest goddamn instrument there is yep. and Ooh. let you drive me absolutely fucking nuts. None. Yeah. All right. Well, there's a few, but then, um, just like the talent, like it is so hard to get started on drums. I will say, once you develop your basics, things go a lot smoother moving forward. But to get your basics down on the drums versus getting your basics down on like guitar, bro, guitar is way easier. Mm-hmm. It is way easier. Yeah, you don't have to get your feet to work with you. Yeah, you, you don't, I mean, it's, I'm working with a few appendages versus I'm yeah. working with all my fucking limbs. Your whole yeah. body. Bro. And every yeah. limb is doing a little something different. And then, you know, you, you got to use like both sides of your brain. And then like, it's weird, bro. It doesn't work out well. I'm telling you. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm fucking terrified that that's what my kid 
is going to want to do. And all my all the grandparents, you know, my parents. Well, good thing Uncle are T. Like, Scott's got are, a garage. Are like all he's going to be because all he does nonstop is just he'll just sit there. I mean, obviously he's not doing it in rhythm. That's but how he's I just, was as a kid. He's just doing this shit constantly, and I'm like, oh god. That's how I was. And my mom's kid. like, oh, are you going to be a drummer for daddy? And I'm like, <laughs> no, don't. Tell him that. Well, like I honestly Why? really enjoyed I, the drums, man. I, I don't know. It's I, <clears throat> I, I'm saying it more jokingly than not because I told, like I told Cheyenne, I said I don't give a shit what he wants to play. I just hope he wants to play something. Yeah. Because what music did for me does exactly. for me. I want him to play. Want to play something. I don't care if it's guitar. I don't care if it's bass. I don't care if it's drums. I don't care if it's vocals. I hope even if it is is vocals, I still want him to play something. Yeah. And because I know what it does for me and I want him to be better than me and be, you know, take, you know, you were talking about, or your dad was talking about, he always wanted you to, you know, take it one step further than him and do, mm -hmm. you know, do these things. That's what I want from my kid. I made and, it to the internet, dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah we're, we're, all the internet. we're all, Hey, you made it all over the, all over the world. So you got that going for you. That's pretty dope. So that's where I'm at. And it's, I just hope that, that he wants to play something he is he loves he just gets in a trance sitting there watching me play guitar mm -hmm. he loves music he loves i get it my kid's a, a baby you know he's he's not quite a year old yet and he's getting close but still he, he understands what's going on he's smart and he knows what's up and he loves he loves loud noises so i can play my fucking amp as loud as i want and he's just i'm not giving my kid hearing damage it's within reason here but like he wants to hear... I'll bust that fucking kid's eardrum. You do, bro. You send me some snaps of poor Kenny. She's in there getting her eardrums busted out in the car. But, Fuck it. Um, man, that's a cool thought. My kid playing an instrument, man. That's dope. I'll, uh, I'll take us a little deep here. All right, then. Mm. Because we got to go deep. It is a that's season something. premiere. It Bring is it a on. season premiere. If we didn't go deep, we'd be one doing of our fans my, in service. One of my biggest regrets... We talking gag ball deep? I mean... We're, we're going to the oh, back of the God. throat, bro. Oh, God. So, like, um, one of my biggest regrets as a father is not making music something that was for us. I have always had this selfish mindset around it where music is my thing, music is for me, it's my escape, and, you know, I would tinker around with instruments like with the kids around and like I there there was a several times when they were younger when I would be playing my acoustic they'd walk up start fucking smacking it grabbing the strings and I would just I want I would want to lose my shit because right. that's not how you treat the fucking instrument but you're like an infant so I can't like hit you over the side of the head with my acoustic you know but, there's no disciplinary <laughs> action involved here. Right. There's no there's no disciplining your child for doing hypothetically. You know, right. So like it would it would upset me when my kids would, would act like that. And then as they got a little bit older, I would try a little bit more again and they would just want to fuck off with it and just strum the strings and not want to actually do anything. And why aren't you as good as me yet? <laughs> I get that though, because I feel like that's how I, I, I've I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. No, so I'll, it's I'll uh, it, it's this situation where I have realized, you know, now my kids are eight and nine, almost ten, and there's very few things that we do together that we we all love. Mm. 
there's very few things that we have that we can we can bond over uh, like truly just do together and you know we live in this society where kids you know even us you know we were raised on tv screens and then our kids are being raised on tablets and video games switches and shit like that yeah and there there's times when like i want to hang out with my kids but they just they just want to be on their tablet they want to play on their switch and i'm like i just i just want to be you know present with you but like what the fuck are we going to do yeah and because like, you don't have that common interest is what you're saying and I never, I never allowed that common interest to develop. To develop is where the regret comes from because they've always shown interest in instruments to some extent, but I never really allowed them to be involved with it. I would bring them out to the garage once in a great while, and they want to fuck with the microphones, and they want to do this and that, and it would piss me off because all they want to do is like destroy fuck things. With shit. Yep. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Instead of like, well, let me just find some shitty old microphone I don't give a fuck about. And here, you fuck with it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, I still have some videos where they would come out here and they would play around. They would like pick up a guitar and like strum. And Nolan used to like write his own songs, but it was just gibberish. But it was like, fucking, that's metal as fuck. Bro. I was going to say, like, most hell death yeah. metal is that just is gibberish. Yeah, so it's these things that by now could have grown into something very special that I haven't allowed to really happen. And now that I'm trying to, you know, over the last year or so, I've been trying to develop these things and trying to make them happen, but they're already in this, this mindset of, you know, my youngest son is like, dad, video games are just my thing. Like, Dude, I will fucking smack the shit out of you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to really make you feel a lot better. I'm glad because just, it makes me feel kind so of So when I was eight and nine, all I did was, now granted I had chores, you know, I grew up on a farm, we raised livestock, I had chores, I was playing sports, but in my spare time, all I did was play video games. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we're talking PS2 back in the day, yep. right? So I remember when I was eight years old, the PlayStation 2 came out, that was the biggest blessing of my life at that time. My whole personality was video games. And I want you to hear me when I say this to you. Lay it on me. I didn't find my passion for music until I was yep. 10, 11, 12. I didn't get my first guitar until I was 12. I didn't have a musical father. I had a, a father that loved music but didn't play an instrument. I wasn't even exposed to it until I started hanging out with my cousin more, who was in a band at the time, who was playing metal music, who I bought my first guitar from. But I didn't even get exposed to that until I was three years older than what your kids are now. Don't let... We're turning this into a Dr. Phil thing, but don't let that bug Catch you. me outside. How about that? She got OnlyFans now. That girl is old enough and has a fucking OnlyFans now. She, she makes like more years. money than I do. She made a million dollars in like the first week, bro. This is the world we live in. Terrible. Good, good job out of her, man. Terrible. I mean, Jesus Christ, I mean, Terrible. fuck. But anyways, don't let it deter you. Because when I was eight and nine years old, my whole personality was video games too. They're not so different than I yep. was at that age. Yep. That's and I, I still found time to do nothing but play video games in my spare time after my chores were done, after any sports practices were done, before music became that passion 
And then I didn't have a teacher. I had to do it on my own. They have one. So I have no doubt in my mind that that day is going to come yep. where they're going to actually be like, because you got to think, bro. Think about their mental capacity right now. Bro, they ain't thinking about music theory and shit like that. They're thinking about kicking some kid's ass on Fortnite. And back then, I was thinking about beating some fucking video Dragon game Ball on PS. Z or... Oh, dude, Dragon Ball. Guess what I'm rewatching right now? Uh. Dragon Ball Z. But anyways, so like, that was what I was thinking we, about. We too. are man childs. I'm, I, dude. I'm a almost. I turn 28 next month, and I'm the biggest fucking man child. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Dragon Balls. Z. You fucking name it. I don't give a shit. I'm the fucking nerdiest dude out there. I don't care. But anyways, you know, uh, Nolan got me into Naruto. That was not okay. So I had buddies that liked Naruto, but I never could get into that one. I wasn't a huge, complete anime fan. Dragon Ball Z was kind of it. Nolan, it Nolan is also watching something that he he probably shouldn't be. Dragon Slayer, it's like an anime thing. Okay, That's and it's uh, it Dude, actually it actually kind of is because anime is metal. It's fuck. basically these like samurai dudes going around killing demons. And I mean, that's kind of dope. It's pretty. It's it's kind of gory, which is why I say he probably shouldn't be watching it. But I guarantee you, he sees just as bad. You know, as school he and I kids. he and I kind of get to connect on some of these shows that he likes. So use that to your advantage. Oh yeah, I definitely do. Um. Because, do you like anime and shit like that too? I mean, is that kind of your thing? I never, I never liked it growing up. Okay, but you liked it more as an adult. When when Nolan started getting into Naruto, and I started kind of watching that with him, I've seen a couple I, episodes, and it does seem like a I good kind show. of, I kind of enjoyed the story. Yeah, is what it was, and I got, I got drawn into the story, and I was like, man, this is kind of fucking dope. Well, when I when we went golfing that day, and I think it was Luke was wearing a Dragon Ball Z shirt, and I was like. <gasps> These kids know what this is. They still like this. She's like, oh, I just like the shirt. And I was like, crushed. <laughs> it's like those girls that wear shirts. Not just girls, but anybody that wears a band shirt but can't name three songs. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I can tell you all about it if you want to know. <laughs> so, but anyways, you know, I like if my if my son ever shows interest in guitar, I'm sending him directly to you because... I want him to learn the proper way and have the opportunity have the opportunities that I didn't musically because I me and him dude that yeah. it's all self-taught we we were just like oh okay well we can fix we can do this here this is how this is played right you know that's how we learn this wittily sounds pretty cool with this diddly so, exactly <laughs> so like if 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 my son ever shows interest in guitar or bass I'm sending him your way. If he shows interest in drums, I'm probably going to be like, hey, Scotty, can you show him a thing or two here, you know? Yeah, basically just banish him to the, the, to garage, the garage and yeah. let him beat on shit. Exactly. So we just got way off the rails there, but that's what like this that pod's all about, bro. That's what this pod's and, all about. And I can relate just because I think about when I was a kid because a big part of this show and what we hold close to our heart is our own music influences and what it means to us. And I think as a kid... I always knew I had an ear for music, um, several different types of music, but I, there was a long, long stretch of me not giving a fuck about playing an instrument. I mean, not, not caring whatsoever. My, I think I had talked about it. My dad 
had begged me and begged me to play. Well, folks, we had an Amber Alert come across on my phone that stopped our video recording at some point that we don't know where it happened. So oh. apologize. Yeah, I got we're not, that too. I didn't realize it was going to turn off the recording. I didn't either. So we're not, unfortunately, not going to have any video for this episode. So we apologize for that. Continue, Preston. No, it's okay. Um, not a big deal. Y'all just will have to see my pretty face in another episode. But... Um, I just can relate on a certain level because, like I said, I knew I had an ear for music, but I didn't give a fuck about playing an instrument till I was probably 13 years old, and I might have been 14 if I'm not mistaken. So, like, that, it didn't bother me at all. My dad had begged me for years, you need to get a guitar, you need to get a guitar, you need to let me get you a guitar. And, and of course, you don't listen to your parents growing up at that age, you know, your rebellious stage. Um but there was a point in time where it was like, yeah, I want to, I want to do that. And they're in a developmental stage where that time is going to come. I think, I think what bothered me about it and why it's such a regret is that they did show interest in, in doing that thing, whether they were actually going to play the instrument or not, they just wanted to play around with dad. Yeah. And yeah. it was always this mentality of no, no, no. Yeah we're going to do it we're going to do it right, right. and yeah. we're actually going to play and stuff like that rather than fuck off and just you yeah. know strum strings and stuff like that i will say starting to do guitar lessons um nolan's come out you know a couple of times and has shown real interest in learning um which is pretty cool and i'm really glad that that happened but um yeah i mean Probably didn't go, you know, super deep, but you know that that is a real thing. As a dad, is trying to figure out things that you can do with your kids that isn't fucking playing video games. You know, them playing video games and you just watching, or you know, just sitting around watching TV. I mean, we've always went out and and tried to do stuff, you know, out of the house and whatnot. But like, uh, you know, I think music's one of those things that they had shown interest in and because they weren't wanting to do it my way i was like nah we just ain't gonna do it mm. well guys apologize again for the uh technical difficulties there who would have thought that an amber alert would have come across my phone and and shut the recording off but that's exactly what happened so apologize for that we'll make sure that we have a youtube video for next week's episode um if you, if you guys are listening to this you're obviously listening on a podcast uh format so i apologize for that i know we have a big uh you know pretty sizable following on on youtube um so i apologize to all of you you folks but um i wanted to dive into something preston you know we talked about you went on vacation and you had an interesting uh music story from vacation um and i wanted to uh let you expand on that a bit yeah, and in regards to expanding on it, I don't know how much expanding on it I'll be able to do, but it was a, a quick little realization I came to the next day. So when I was on vacation, we went down to South Carolina. South um, Carolina. Yeah, we went to the beach and had a good time. Because we're from Ohio, and that's where you go. Pretty much. I go yeah. to Florida. but yeah. 70% of Ohio goes <laughs> they to do, man. South Carolina. Um, 
<laughs> the other thirty go to Florida. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm one of the thirty. No, that goes to Florida. There, there's, there's a good portion that just goes to Deer Creek. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. <laughs> no, you're good. And there was a night where we we went out. We were away from the kids. Um, they were being watched and taken care of. And a guy had a Buckeye shirt on, and we've talked about it a couple times where. Me and Kyler are gigantic sports fans, and specifically giant, Bucks. giant football and basketball high State fans. And there was this sense of when I seen this dude with this Buckeye shirt on, of course, maybe because I had a few beers in me, but I was best friends with him without even meeting Instantly. the guy. Yeah. Instantly. And I got to thinking the next couple days while we were there about this concept of and maybe I'm wrong by this word, but symbolism. And we've talked about it on the show where you see somebody with a certain band shirt on and it feels like there's this instant connection. Mm-hmm. Um, fanocracy. Fanocracy, yes. There's and actually a decent, inter- there's a decent book written called Fanocracy. That's an and it explains term. It explains that, that instant connection based off of branding and things and and it was talking about how it's with with bands and how you can incorporate it into business marketing and shit but anyway go ahead sorry yeah and i don't know that i have any points to go extremely deep on this and hopefully you two can run with it but i got something it, it meant a piece to me because like he's i'm a diehard fucking buckeye fan kyler can go bucks baby can agree and it was like i gotta meet this guy I'm in four states away, mm-hmm. and we have something in common. This dude could be the coolest dude I've ever met. You know, I don't, I yeah. don't know, but I think the same thing when it comes to this music community that we have and we're a part of. Uh, and it meant a bit to me. So, and I, I, you know, I'll relate it to this show. And when we went through our rebrand, and we we came up with this idea for our logo. And, you know, we're like, we, we want to incorporate elements of Beavis and Butthead, right? Because, well, that was that's a show that's all about metal music mm-hmm. and rock and roll music and all this. And when people see us as in that style of character, they, they, they get this thought in their head, you know, and it's all about branding and recognition. So think about the the FedEx logo. There's an arrow in the FedEx logo between the D and the E. That once you see it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And, God damn it. And he's going to look it up. Now, once you see it, you can't unsee yep. it. Branding, right? Recognition. And when you see someone wearing a shirt, like Tyler and I at that concert that we went to last week, all we did was like look at different band shirts. And you see what I'm talking about? You see the air? Oh, I'm sorry. Between the E and the X. Between the E and the X. Oh, son of a bitch. You see it, don't you? It's there. Yep. Show it to Preston. Have you ever oh, seen I've it? I've seen it. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 So, and it's brilliant. It's subliminal, yeah. but it's brilliant. We're at this show and we're like, oh, there's a Bring Me the Horizon shirt. There's a Polaris shirt. There's a Current shirt. There's a whoever it is. Instantly and felt comfortable. It's you fit immediate. In. Bro, you and I could talk about it. You were talking about sports. When we go to a Buckeye game, <clears throat> you feel like you're with you're there with 100,000 people. family around me. There's a hundred thousand plus other people. Yeah. And it's a family. Yep. Because you know just as well as I do, if you're in the shoe, there ain't nobody else there. The, the, it's all Buckeye. Yep. 
Okay, unless you're obviously a team up north game. Yeah. Then you'll have some of those scumbags there, but whatever. Pieces of shit. It's a it's a uh <clears throat> it's a brotherhood, it's a family, and it's a it's an instant comfortable what the show is based off comfortability of. level. And that's what the, yeah, that's exactly what this show is based off of. It was to create that that brotherhood and that space of, hey, if you see this logo, you see the you know, my character throwing up the horns and and the Beavis and Butthead style in our, our our slogan or tagline is that's metal as fuck or you know that's metal AF and it's in this cool ass lettering. You instantly think, man, these guys are metalheads. This is my this is these these can be my people. This can be my space that I can thrive in, and that's the whole premise of the show. And I think music music and sports are the two things that I speak. I think speak to that more than anything in the world. Mm-hmm. Don't you know what? There's people. It doesn't that, matter about your background, no, your anything, your political affiliation, your 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 job, nothing. So, dude, there's people that I work with that I have nothing in common with, nothing in common yep. with, except the fact that we work at the same place or we work in the same industry. Yep. That's it. But if I see a dude at a show, I could see somebody at a show that votes opposite the, of I do hates the the agriculture industry or is against everything that i do is a fucking michigan fan is all this but if i see them at a metal show and they're wearing a band shirt that i like i'm gonna be like hey yep you and me man we're brothers we're, yep. or we're brother Did and we sister just in become this. best friends yes you want to go play metal in the sanctuary yes <laughs> so it's it's this instant connection that that you have when you see someone wearing a branding or you know tyler and i i'm obviously you know the people uh listening can't see but i have a like moss of flame shirt on tyler has a boundary shirt on like if tyler and i didn't know each other and we saw each other out in public we'd be like fuck dude what's up we're probably exchanging numbers so we can swap music back and forth talk about shows or upcoming shows and that's like i thought back while i was down there on vacation because i had this piece of solitude um shortly after the day after or something and i'm like i look back and we're however many seasons and however many episodes deep and i'm just i'm thankful because i already felt like i was a part of this this community or family before that exists but doesn't feel like it's there and i feel like we are and that's what we plan to create anyways yeah and and you know, I don't want to necessarily be a leader of this community. I just want to be a voice yep. for the people in this community. I was kind of thinking the same thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it's, yep. we're, we're not out here trying to set trends or do anything no. like that. Uh-uh. We want to take things that we know a lot of people out there are thinking or feeling. And I know all of our guests that come on are the same. They're, they, they are a vessel of that. They're an example of that. An example of. Mm. It's a good song that Preston so, doesn't remember. It's, Fuck it. But, but anyways, <laughs> so that the whole goal for this, sh- the way I just said goal gave me the fucking willies, but <laughs> the whole goal for this Sound show. Like you had a gag goal. ball in. <laughs> <laughs> I've said gag ball way too many times on this episode. <laughs> We're naming this episode gag ball. Right? So, or ball gag, whatever. Um, yeah, ball gag. Apple Podcast will reject it. They won't put it on. <laughs> We had that one episode I named shooting the shit and I had to put like the money sign for the S just so it passed shit. But um, it, it, it is, this show is to be a vessel and to be, we want to be a voice for 
the people out there that maybe don't have the space to escape or uh, the people to talk to that they they can relate to on a, on an intimate level um, as far as their passion because I feel like the majority of the metal community they don't just listen to the music casually right if as music as complex there wouldn't and be the brotherhood that there is if they did as this or is if they didn't bro go to a country concert you know how many white girls there are there in there cowboy boots that never, good time and never wore fucking boots a day in their life don't yep. they they live in fucking California and LA and and work in an office job and don't know shit about We call them mud sluts. Yes. Tr- uh, we uh 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 truck sluts is what we called them but yeah. It's it this this <laughs> space of music we just I feel shit like on the entire country industry. That's fine. I don't care. I I feel like I'm somewhat of a representative of that because of what I grew up, you know, what I do for a living and and my lifestyle but um but I don't listen to country music. So um, it, it, this community, in my opinion, is, is very dedicated, is very passionate. Um, and maybe that's why so many of us butt heads with each other because our opinions are st- so strong. It definitely could be, Because yeah. we're so passionate about the bands that we mm-hmm. care about and the music that we care about. Country music fans are just... And I'm not trying to shit on just country, but it's just... And there are dedicated country music fans out there, but it just feels different. It's with, different, man. I've been well, in both. I, I've been in both. I can speak to both. Yeah, and an, an example. So I listened to a podcast called The Pivot Podcast, and it's Ryan Clark. It's it's mainly a sports podcast, and it's of the Joe Rogan style, where he interviews um, either big time athletes or up and coming athletes that are a big deal. Um, and he's got two other guys on the show with him. And I listened to the episode, uh, the most recent episode with uh, New York Jets cornerback. And they were talking, yeah, Sauce Gardner. Um, but they were talking today about, when I listened to it today, I don't know when it dropped, but whatever, that's beside the point. They were talking, Sauce had said something about you know, I know this is just a podcast or something like this. This isn't just a podcast. Like he referred to the show as a podcast or something, but he kind of apologized. And Ryan kind of stopped him in his tracks and he's like, hold on, man, you can be yourself. This is this isn't just a podcast. One day, the example he had said, because one of his buddies that's on the show is he's a goofball and has a really good time. He's like, one day this episode is a porno. The next, it's a therapy session. Like, all in one episode, it's a therapy session. It's this, it, it's that. And that's what that's what this is for us. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just some current event show. It's not just this talk about band show. Like, it's... Those are a dime a dozen. And I'm not... And I, I'm not discrediting... Like, uh, one of the most popular music podcasts out there is State of the Scene. I'm not shitting on those guys at all. They're a news station. That's what they do. They're probably the best in the business at that. If we tried to do exactly what they were doing, we would fail miserably. Mm-hmm. We we wanted to do something different in the sense of we we want to do something that, at least to our knowledge, nobody out there is doing at a high level. And we didn't have a vision before. It was just that's what we did. That's what we talked about. I mean, it was 
yeah. two or three episodes deep before we were finally like, what's our goal? Here? This is this is our identity. This is yeah. what we do. This is what we are. We we I, th- I, I I think we created our identity without even fucking thinking about it personally. Well, I think it's you know that book I I gave you to read. Yeah, uh, Gary V. He talks about. Did I give that back to you yet? No. Did you finish it? Yeah, I did. I need to give it back to you. Um, he talks about find what you can be the best at. Yeah. You know, if, if you're trying to copy other people and you're, you can't do that better than anybody else, don't even fucking try. You know what I mean? And I think what, what we have done here is we, we've done something that we're just really fucking good at. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm I want to toot our own our own horn here just because of the feedback we get from our listeners. Nobody said we I, I haven't heard any negative feedback. I mean, and I, I literally it. I literally hear from almost everyone, you guys take the thoughts straight out of my head. Yeah. And it's it's, you know, they're they're always saying it's very relatable. You guys are down to earth. You don't try to pretend to be, you know, bigger than you are or anything like that. <laughs> Just regular dudes. We're just regular about, dudes uh, talking about music, and yeah. I, I think there's so many people that can relate to that. And even on you know the the music business side, we're relating to the ninety percent. That's yep. something I've said before, where we're relating to the ninety percent of bands out there that are not doing this for a living. And then you got me that's more just for fun. the average musician that's not in a band that's just playing because yep. he loves music. You give a fuck about it, man. I, I I love playing music. I love writing riffs. I love. Even if you songs, didn't play I'm, music, it's just you love li- yeah, music is your getaway. It's, we're regular dudes, regular musicians talking about what we love. Yep. And I will say, you know, another thing more to your original point about like the shirts and stuff. You know, when we went to that show and we're pointing out all these different band shirts and stuff, I honestly deal with some serious social anxieties. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a tendency to feel very uncomfortable in big crowds. I'm uncomfy. Very like defensive, like my head's on a swivel. I'm like waiting for something bad to happen. I'm waiting for like if I go out to the bar, I'm always waiting for someone to pick a fight, something like mm-hmm. that. Except Even that one time it's... we were at the bar and you're drunk as shit, and I had fucking ten people wanting to fight me, and you're like, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm like, I was oh, I'm fucked. To, I was I'm just trying to focus here. on making it to the truck alive. There was so much ice in the parking lot. I almost died. Yeah, I almost died, but, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, wait till I'm more sober next time. <laughs> we need But, uh, you know, when I go to a show like that, and I'm around people that I I can instantly connect with on that level... I feel a calm yes. that I don't feel in other crowds because I know nobody's really there to start a fight with me. Everyone's there for the music. They're mm-hmm. there to have a good time. If I do end up in the pit, what's the first fucking thing that happens if I fall? People go everybody, and pick you up. Yes. Everybody stops in their tracks. Yep. And as many people that can get their hands on you are getting their hands on you to lift you up. We witnessed that at that show, dude. Mm-hmm. That that redheaded uh, guy took a took a had a spill, just slipped, and the whole pit stopped. And I swear to God, ten people picked this man up and got him back on his feet. You good? You good? You good? 
Like it's you don't even have to stand up on your own. You just you just like you lay, just lay there. there. They're going to pick you and back up. You're going to rise. And that's this show. <laughs> this show is a version of of the that specific. Maybe not of the pit itself, but like somewhat. Like this show is a piece of that identity where all that we want we want just people to be a part of this with us because it's, we Special. know there's so many out there that. This is what this is what their getaway is, mm-hmm. man. It's their escape. Yeah. It's their escape. And that's what this is for us. That's what the, the, this music is for us, and that's what this show is for us. And that's why we, every time we come back in, especially to start a new season when we've been out for a couple weeks, we're like, God, it's good to be back. The break was nice, but it's good to be back. And, and right. the coolest thing is we never – we talk about we have these conversations all the time outside of – the show mm-hmm. and even before the show was thought of but we didn't have and you guys can correct me if i'm wrong but i think i'm right on this point where how am i trying to word this you mean we didn't have know. the space or we didn't, didn't know it was didn't have the vessel the platform we didn't realize what we were doing in those conversations that it what it was for us Right. And what I mean by that is like therapeutic. It's just simple. It's a form of therapy and we had no clue beforehand and we didn't realize like going into this we didn't think like yeah, we're our goal is to create this metal community and this brotherhood, but it was that's what it's becoming and that's what it is. Well, and and I I'll agree with that because I think that we probably thought nobody th- thinks these same things and it couldn't be further from the truth because so many people that listen to this music think these same things and tyler talked about it like i've had like we're pulling the thoughts out of people's heads well that's our fucking goal yeah it's like this wasn't it wasn't before we started this like yeah this is the identity of our conversations and what we do but as we've done show after show after show we have these conversations and i sit back while say you guys are talking and i'm like our identity is that this is our brotherhood. Like, mm-hmm. that's what we do. This is what we're a part of. Even though we didn't, like, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is what we're trying to create. Like, this is what it is. Yeah. I think that, I don't know that we And were I apologize because nec- I didn't put that in the best No, 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 no. You're fine. No. Thought I, process. But- I don't know that we were even trying to create anything. We were just trying to open people up to we were just trying to talk shit about Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> <laughs> that is part of it that's facts that's facts I did see this week that there's been a few more downloads of the very first episode I'm like ah oh. <laughs> <laughs> well they won't listen to anything after that and I'm like listen we've got all these episodes to choose from that are brand new and you motherfuckers go all the way back I appreciate the loyalty hey, of them it's going it's all the people, way back it's people like me that they gotta start at the beginning that's, the album. that's what it yeah. is and but, that's what, but that's it's weird because I'm like, man, I didn't go back and listen to the very first episode of the Joe Rogan experience. But then again, we don't have two thousand episodes to go <laughs> yeah. through either. So, and I just I, I look back and I'm thankful because we're like I said, we're so many seasons deep, and I'm like, we're just getting started. We're creating something. Yeah, we're just getting started. And this is, I know you said it was to toot our own horn, but this is not. But what it is is me trying to put into words what I'm appreciative of, of starting this, because I've always liked the thought of building something from the ground up. 
but there's not a whole lot that I have built from the ground up. You built to, a family from the ground yeah, up. That is true. Um, <laughs> I mean, give yourself some credit here. But, brother. like, this is this is something I always this wanted is our to baby. do, but I didn't realize This that. is our baby. Yeah. Like, this is... We, yeah. and we, so glad I had a baby with you guys. <laughs> that three-way was so worth it. Um, so, so Bring like, out the gag ball shit. You know, happens. we sit here and we're like, oh, man, I can't believe we're already on, you know, we're on season four. Bro, this is still in its infancy. Oh, yeah. Like this, you. I talked about Joe Rogan experience. 14 years that show's been on. 14 years. Jesus Christ. Like, we are in the infancy stages of this. And, and we already have so many people that that listen and that, that that tell us, you know, how much they enjoy the show. And they listen that they can't wait for a new episode to drop. And if you, if you can't wait for a new episode to drop, I'm shameless plug, you should just go hop on the patreon because then you don't have to wait but that's besides the point so <laughs> it, it is so cool to get that feedback and I, i've said we haven't gotten any negative feedback and we welcome that because we want to constantly get better so please if you have any suggestions if you have anything that you think we could do better please fucking let us know you're not going to hurt our feelings mm-hmm. So, but the fact that we haven't got any tells me either one, people are afraid to hurt our feelings, or maybe we're just fucking doing something right. Yeah. So. I mean, I think we're pretty cool. I I think we're pretty cool, but I'm kind of selfish in that fact. So, I mean, an example of that is our episodes will drop however many weeks later, and I don't find myself skipping through them or nothing or not wanting to listen to them. I'm like. I thoroughly enjoy listening to this. Dude, when when our most downloaded episode is over three hours long, that tells me something. Yeah. I have cried laughing at a, at a oh, few dude. episodes. Is that, that, that might be, I, I, when, when I'm sitting there listening to our show and I'm like dying laughing or I'm like getting emotional, listening to myself get emotional mm-hmm. and I'm like, am I self-absorbed or am I just like listening to this with blinders on saying this isn't me talking or this isn't Tyler talking, this isn't Preston talking. Yeah. I'm just listening to this as a listener yeah, and like trying to like critique our shit. Cause I do, I critique the shit out of myself on the show. I'm like, Oh God, you're talking too much. You're talking over people or you're doing this or you're doing that. But at the end of the day, the message that we're sending, I'm like, okay, we are doing something right. Cause I'm laughing. I'm, I'm feeling this emotionally. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoy. I'm thoroughly enjoying this, dude. I listen to our podcast every day. It drop every week. It drops. I don't listen to it when Tyler sends it to me for mix or for video editing and, and uploading. I listen to it the day it drops, just like anybody else. That's how I want to experience this show, and I listen to it for the purpose of I want to relive these conversations, and I also want to cr- critique myself. What can I do better? Where can I improve? Because at the end of the day, the only thing I can control is me. Yeah. So, you know, I can tell whoever, oh, you're talking too much. You're talking, but that's, that's, I need, I have to look myself in the mirror first. So when I'm able to listen to the show and like Tyler said, almost crying, laughing. I mean, I sent something, I I send text in the chat, like quotes from the show that one of you two says that has me losing my shit. And I'm like, bro, I'm literally laughing at conversations that I was sitting there laughing at. I was there. A month ago. I, 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 you yeah. know, I was there. I yeah. synced it. I, yeah. I was there. <laughs> so I hope you guys agree and, and and feel what we're the message that we're trying to convey because we want this to be fun. We want this to be interactive and inclusive, but we also want it to be serious and we want we want you to relate and to to, to feel a part of this. We've said it over and over and over again. We want you to find. We want you to have another outlet to get away from day to day bullshit, and that's that's why you know I, I 
which I ran a poll on Twitter, which influenced it, but we switched our release day from Friday to, to Wednesday because, man, sometimes that grind in the middle of the week can mm-hmm. be a bitch. And if you can have something like this to be a vessel to an outlet, that's great. Yeah. That's huge. Um, so well, I want to move. music, biggest outlets there are. Absolutely. So I want to move this along into something mm-hmm. that we, we, I feel like we haven't done a couple of episodes. I could be wrong, but I do <laughs> want to dive into it. I know we did it with Tyler Heidi last season, but. Heavy metal fucking hot takes, boys. I do have one, and you seemed excited. You jumped right in. Yeah, so I I have one, and and we talked a little bit about the pit, right at oh. at concerts. Mm-hmm. We've talked a lot about the pit tonight. I feel like. So, um, you know what kind of I have pits a, I've been enjoying? Armpits. The pit of a peach. Okay. Oh, okay. Fuckers are good. They be juicy. Mm. But anyway, I have a serious fucking problem with mosh pits. You mm. two know that, you know, typically when when we go to these these shows, I enjoy uh, getting in the pit. Yes. You know, I'm not in there the entire time, but I I, I hop in there, I release some aggression. But a big determining factor of whether I do so or not is the behavior I see in the pit. Yes. And I want to point out that if you are in the mosh pit and you were throwing fucking hands and you were throwing elbows and you were fucking kicking, the kick you are fucking a fucking cunt. Yeah. You are a fucking cunt. Those are the, I, look, I think they're the, the guys that... In in elementary, middle, and even high school, the that Naruto ran down run. the Naruto <laughs> yes, that run. ran down the hallway <laughs> with their arms behind. Well, their sometimes back. it's like some big ass fucking dudes in there that too, just swinging, kicking. that are just swinging and kicking and shit. And it's like, look, bro, if you want to fucking fight, go find someone to fight. Like, if yeah. you want to throw punches, you want to throw elbows and shit. Like, go hop in an octagon, bro. Don't fucking rain on my parade I love the UFC. because you want to be a fucking cunt. Listen. We 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 were at that show at um King, King Clubs. Clubs and this huge fucking circle opens up. Beautiful. But huge. there was like water wall circle. Awesome. But there's like ten people in there. Why was there ten people in there? Because Well, because dude. about eight of them were oh. in there. Fucking karate kicking yeah. and flaring their fucking arms. And if I'm in there, there's a good chance I'm going to get punched in the fucking face. Yes. And then you're going to be in. I've been in pits. I've been hit in the face. It's not a big deal. But here's the thing, man. If I'm a band and I want people to participate in a pit, am I really going to expect a lot of people to want to be in that fucking pit? I know... Kyler, you don't like going into the pit because Not of shit like because that. Because of shit like that, mm-hmm. it's just and it's like it's unnecessary. Look, if if we're in there, we're pushing, we're we're shoving, we're running we're in a spinning, circle, we're 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 really just a fucking blast. It is a blast. It's a blast. But the as soon as a been... motherfucker just throws an elbow up. If you want to fight, we can fight. Yeah, that's my that's thing. exactly is what it is. That's I the concur, instant reaction. I concur with Tyler 100% yep. because I used to absolutely adore the pit because it was circle pits, running in circles. But, you know, you kind of got, you know, you're pushing, shoving a little bit. It's nothing too aggressive. What other Somebody kind of falls. fucking show is there? Yeah, exactly. Like that, Even, if, 
if what if it's the wall of death? The wall of death is fine. Yep. But it, it circle pits are fine. The two stepping's great. I'm not a great two stepper, but I, I like to get down with a good two step. I like to fucking spin. I like to bounce. Yep. Bounce. Bounce. Yep. bounce. So <laughs> shout out Chris. Shout out Chris. So <laughs> he will haunt my dreams. I will wake up in the middle of the night bouncing. Yes. Yep. So because if you don't, he will find you. He will find but, you. But um, <laughs> so. I no longer love pits like I used to because I just, and dude, instant reaction. If I get hit in the face, I'm ready to fight yes. immediately. Yeah. I think a lot of people are like that. Yeah. Dude, oh, think yeah. about the, the Norma Jean show we were at. Dude got hit in the face. He's ready to fight the whole he's crowd. Yes. Yeah. Like it's just, and I, and it kills the, time, the vibe I blame of the show. Because it, it does. Kills it the absolutely yep. kills it. Cause security's coming in. People are trying to break shit up. I'm like, dude, I'm just trying to jam. Right, and another problem I have with the pit is if somebody's standing there and they're looking at the stage and you shove them in the back, yeah, bro, yep. I, yeah, I will fight for them. Don't push somebody in the back. Yeah, have some goddamn common courtesy. I understand it's the pit; everybody's going nuts. You can't, you know, everything's happening fast. But if somebody's got their back turned to you, don't put hands on them. I don't watched the motherfucker on that was on crutches. In the front row, like the 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 front few like lines there at that at that concert, and he had to have a fucking bodyguard detail mm-hmm. to keep him from fucking dying. And yeah. all he was there to do was enjoy. enjoy he wanted to be school. up by the stage, yep. enjoy the show, and, and, that's and be able to focus on what's in front of him. But there's so much going on behind him. He had to stand sideways. And watch what was going on behind and him. He didn't enjoy while two buddies sat there and and made sure that no one shoved into him. Because honestly, there was one if dude they in fucking did, they'd probably fuck up his leg more than it already was. There was mm-hmm. one dude in particular, and I will call him the fuck out. I don't know your name, but I can tell you exactly what you look like. He had a hot ass girlfriend for one, and the the tall lanky dude with long curly hair that was going nuts and was shoving people in the back, and he shoved you a couple times. Yeah, dude. I will fuck you up if you, if, like, here's my whole thing. You can clearly tell where the edge of the circle is and where people are just listening to music. If they're not moving, they're not a part of the pit. Yep. Leave them alone. They just want to take it all in. They just want to take it all. Dude, and that's me 90% of the time And those guys push that circle out, so then you have everybody jammed into the edges of the venue and they don't get to experience the show the way they really want to. Yeah, that's where I struggle with it because, yep. man, when I was a kid and I used to get in the pit at shows like going to Rock on the Range or something like that, or, you know, going to the Newport to see all the remains of that show. Mm-hmm. Pits were different back then. Everybody was two step and everybody's just kind of jumping, everybody little pushing mm-hmm. and shoving and shit like that. And right. for the most part, that's what that Norma Jean show was. Right. You'll have the occasional dude that's doing stupid shit. And if that's shit. what the music is doing for you, then that's fine. But be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. Don't just rely on other people to watch out for you. Yeah. That's not their responsibility. It is your responsibility to pay attention to what the fuck you're doing and who you're affecting. Because you know what? It ain't fucking all about you. Yeah. That's my whole thing is you don't look cool when you're doing that shit. If that's what the music makes you feel and makes you want to do, great. Be aware of your surroundings. Don't fuck up the experience for everybody else there. Yep. That's my problem with Yeah, the pit. I mean, I was pretty excited to go to that show and I love getting in the pit because you do. the the release of of aggression but in a healthy way, um it 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 does something for me you just can't really explain. Correct. Mm-hmm. And when we get there, 
and the first song kicks in and they end up pushing everybody to the outside and they're in there kicking and flaring fucking thinking they're Jackie Chan and shit. I was immediately disinterested. You didn't go in the pit at all. I didn't go into the pit at all because I knew if I went in there and one of these guys fucking elbowed me or threw a punch and and hit me, I'd I'd look at him straight in the face and say, if you want to fight, we can step outside and fight. You want to have a fucking good time? You want to mosh in the pit? Mosh in the pit. Pay attention. Mosh in the pit does not mean beat the fuck out of each other. That's, no, that's not what it that's, means. That's that's the thing, and and I, I this kind of ties into my hot take. So if you if you want to go ahead, well, if, if it ties I'll, if it ties in, it'll flow the well, show better. So my hot take is that the 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 metal fan base in general is getting younger, and it's both a good and a bad thing. The good is that more people are getting interested yeah. in this music. Yeah, there's more and more people listening to this. Mm-hmm. The bad is a lot of it's toxic Mm -hmm. and I'm going to get controversial because why not? I've talked about it before and I'm not going to get political or anything, but metal Twitter is so fucking toxic and it it almost pains me to be on it 24 seven because there are certain people out there and I would say it's probably 50% or better that are just looking for a reason to Argue with somebody. Argue or cancel somebody. Mm-hmm. I saw a tweet today from some girl that said, if you still support Ice Nine Kills, then I'm going to unfollow you and block you. Bye. And somebody <laughs> said, somebody replied to them and said, why? They, they are on tour with a transphobe. Who fucking fuck? cares? Who the fuck cares? I, I don't give a fuck... You know what? One of my favorite bands is As I Lay Dying. You know what their front man did? He hired a hitman to kill his wife, spent time in prison. I don't fucking care. You know why? Because his music fucking rips. I do not give a fuck. You know what? Tyler Carter got kicked out of issues because apparently there was some shit going on with him grooming. So that's fucked up. But you know what? I still bang issues music because it still Mm -hmm. goes hard as fuck. I do not give a fuck. This generation, this youngest generation of fans, these, these... Seven, 16 to 23-year-olds or 24-year-olds yep. is the softest bunch of pussy-ass yep. motherfuckers constantly looking for something to bitch about, constantly looking. And I'm not saying it's all of them. I'm not trying to generalize. I'm not saying it's every one of them. But there's a lot of them that are constantly looking for a reason to argue, a reason to bitch about something and cancel somebody because they hurt their fucking feelings. Yep. They're a transphobe or they're, I don't give a fuck what they are. You're a fucking pussy. Yep. So if they make good music, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to jam that shit. And that ties into this whole entitlement thing, right? We talked about the pit and these certain people in the pit that don't give a fuck about anybody else but themselves. They feel entitled to that space. It is an entitlement thing. Mm -hmm. And they think that they can go out and fucking cancel somebody or they think that they can go in the pit and throw punches all over the place and be wild as shit because this is their space. This is my space. I'm entitled to it. Mm -hmm. That sense of entitlement I see more and more and more in this community with the younger generation. And it fucking drives me bonkers and, that's and i know it, people are gonna be yeah. like oh this fucking old man he's a fucking piece of well shit. It, it ruins the vibe of the music it ruins i mean both like on social media out in public crowds whatever at shows 
all that kind of shit just like why can't it just be about the music mm-hmm. for one um i don't give a fuck about their personal lives because Jin, every per every band that is tattooed on my sleeve, I can maybe name three members. I don't give a fuck what your name is. Mm-hmm. I don't watch music videos because I just never connected with them. I don't know their faces. I don't fucking care what your face looks like. Yep. I I like your music, bro. Fucking rock out. I'm here for it. I don't I don't care about your personal life. Thrice. Few individual members are very religious. I am not religious at all. Correct. But guess what? Their music fucking rocks. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to listen to it. Bro, you listen Some to of their Wolves shit. at the Gate. They're re- they're literally yeah. singing gospel and you love them. And then even even some of the members of of Thrice are, <coughs> you know, very liberal minded. Yep. That no, don't I, 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 I disagree, bro. But boys, yeah. I'm still gonna support yeah. your shit. Boys of Fall, they're very dude. Dayseeker, they're very liberal. Very. And you know what? I guess since we're putting it all out there, none of the three of us sitting here are very liberal. But you know what? Or well, I guess liberal at all. We don't give a fuck. You know why? Because their music rips. Yep. But it's the other side. It's this other gender. It's uh, is it Gen Z? Is that the new one that's no younger than us? I don't know. I, I think it's that's like it. if you don't agree with them, you shouldn't exist. You shouldn't exist. You shouldn't be able like, to breathe air. No, bro. Like what? What happened to the? That's days? not that's, rock and roll. Those are the people that that's preach not acceptance, rock and roll. And they're will, the exact opposite of that. I will <laughs> say though. I I'll disagree that it is a generational thing. I will say yeah. I will say that we recognize it as a generational thing, but throughout the entire history of mankind, it's it's the same cycle of, you know, younger people versus old people. I mean, think of the fucking 80s. It was like all oh, rebellion yeah. against 60s. the old people. 60s, 60s was thing. all rebellion like I guess we're Everyone, becoming the old people. Yeah, now. we're we're just becoming the old people. So I don't really think it's a generational thing. I rebelled. Look, I quit listening to the eighties and the seventies and all that stuff that my dad brought me up on and, me too. and whatnot because I found my own thing and it was like, Well, this is my thing now. I don't really care for your thing as much anymore, Dad, so I'm just kinda going to abandon that. Yeah. Which is why I'm not very educated i'm quite ignorant on a lot of the the 80s and the 70s and and you know kind of past that but it's like i just found what i liked and that's what i was all about and i think you know some of these kids coming up now it's it's very much this is my thing this is my opinion i think everyone should think like this and if you don't but i'll say the difference is that because of things like cancel culture and shit like that these kids, they are almost uh, power tripping mm-hmm. because they know that they can throw a big fit about something and all of a sudden it will disappear. Yeah. So that's where I'm wondering, and we don't have to go down this road, is it a parenting problem or is it yes. an influence problem with social media around them it's both because these kids don't get their ass beat anymore yeah 
Um, and I, I know we, you know, you said you don't want to go down this road, but uh, I got my fucking ass beat when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So did when I. I fucked up. So did I. And you know what? I don't. You know what? I turned out to be a productive member of society with no criminal record. Yep. I really didn't get my ass beat much. You like, probably didn't have to get your ass beat. I was a shithead. <laughs> well, look, Dad <laughs> whipped my ass. I didn't. Let me rephrase that. I, I, did, I got brat. my ass beat and deserved it every time. My dad whipped my ass once, and then after that, it was mom threatening, and I was like, "Nope, what do you want? Dishes? <laughs> I'll do the dishes. Sure, dishes get sounds homework. good. Done. Already done, mom. Done, mom. Just yeah. don't call dad. I, I can count on. <laughs> I was gonna say I can count on one hand the amount of times I actually got my ass beat because I learned real quick that kind of sucks, and I don't think I want that to happen again. So I'm gonna do what the fuck I'm told to do. Right. So the problem is, is that there's, there's just this, no accountability. There's zero accountability. Yep. There's this constant, incessant sense of entitlement, and but then no responsibility to go along with zero, it. none, none whatsoever. And this whole idea of and you know what this this segment might might uh, lose us some listeners and I'm fine Bring with that it. for the reason of if you're one of those people that's getting on social media and saying well I, I I'm gonna unfollow you or we can't be friends because you support this band or this person or whatever that's fine I don't want you listening to us anyways because you know what that's fucking retarded yep. and yeah I just said retarded on a fucking podcast what are you gonna do well about it's, it? it's a thing of we we've said it from the beginning. Everything we talk about on the show is subjective. It's uh, it's opinion based. Yep. If you can't respect other people's opinions, you're a lower form of. Then life you form. need to reevaluate your life. Yep. Yep. I have some of my some of my best and oldest friends that if we talk about politics, it is a all out fucking war. Yep. And then when the conversation's over and and we're leaving, it's. You know, love you, bub. Take care. Yeah, bro. Hope to see you again soon. Um, I got friends that I will, like, when I was in the Navy, one of my neighbors, he went to school. I, I forget what the degree is called, but he went to school for religion and all that kind of shit. Very he- hardcore Christian. We'd sit and, and drink on his balcony, drink bourbon on his balcony, and we would just argue religion. Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. Yeah. And... When when the conversation was over, still still great friends. I went on to my house, and you know, all was well. It's just the fact of like, look, someone can have a different opinion than you, and and not be a bad person. Yeah, dude, I have one like that. Like I'm gonna name drop him because I know he listens to the show. Carson Ferguson. Carson, if you're listening to this episode, brother, I appreciate you. Shout out, Carson. What up, dog? Preston, you. I mean, yeah. you know Carson very well. Oh yeah. Carson's a. Li- he's liberal he's mm-hmm. he's a democrat and i love the dude we have virtually polar opposite views except on like guns and stuff because he's very pro second amendment and all that but like other than America. that we have very differing political views and he's a miami hurricanes fan too Ugh. even worse that's wow. terrible but anyways sounds like that that friendship's I, shaky <laughs> no no we don't talk as much as we used to because he just lives i think he lives in dayton these days and is is working hard and doing and doing different things and and that's that's great um but if he called me at three o'clock in the morning and said hey man i got a flat i'm on wherever yeah. can you come pick me up i'd be there in a heartbeat Right. You know why? Because he's a grown-ass man. I'm a grown-ass man. We can have differing opinions and different views on things and still be friends. Right. But that's called maturity. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the this gener- this new generation, again, young versus old, 
if you don't believe what I believe, you're a fucking piece of shit. You're a, you're a racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic fucking piece of shit, and you should burn in hell. That's what they think. But we, I don't think that about them. Yep. Yeah. They just have a different opinion and I mean, than me. It, it does it does often you know I do want to point this out it does often go both ways and and that's I why I don't I don't that's that's why I say I don't think it's so much a generational thing it is perceived that way in a sense but like there's old people that uh, you know maybe our age you know we're sitting here talking shit about these young kids but like you know we did the same thing with mm-hmm. with people yeah. with, you know few years older than us kind yeah, of thing like, but like you know even on the political spectrum there's conservatives and you know people that that lean right that have that same kind of ignorance about them see but again i think they, that's they more generational because it's the older ones yeah they, they they don't have the ability to conceptualize that other people have a differing opinion look i i try to float right there in the middle yeah and and try to look objectively at things and see the ignorance on both sides, but also the merit to both sides. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it really just, I think it's a maturity thing. I don't think maturity comes with age. I think maturity comes with developing yourself. Um, even, even, look, there's a lot of people that don't fucking learn from their experiences, which That's is true. why they're fucking hitting rock bottom at yep. 50 years old. Yep. Because they just... And it's and it's like their fourth rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Like how how many times are you gonna do this before you fucking learn, you fucking shithead? Yeah. Right. But like, I don't think it's a generational thing. I think it's more of a maturity thing. I think it's more of a us versus them mentality because, you know, you sent me a video, I believe, the other day where it was like, we have no great war. Yeah, it was basically... We, we have no great fight. We, it was, we, we're not fighting to feed our families. We're not fighting this big war for, you know, fighting for our lives and fighting for our families and shit like that. Therefore, man has become lazy and entitled. And lazy and entitled, but at the same time, we're fucking itchy. Like, we... Yeah. The fight is still in us. Yes. And we just lash out everywhere we can. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, you know, bringing it back full circle... You know, the issue with the pits, stop feeling like you were entitled to that space. I promise you every metal show would be 100% better if no one was throwing elbows, throwing, you know, kicking, throwing punches, anything like that. You would see a 300% increase in involvement in that Mm -hmm. pit. Instead of 10 people in the middle of the room, you would then see, I don't know, 30 40 you might see the majority of the crowd getting involved with jumping and pushing and shit like that the entitlement thing i do think there's an issue with these young kids that are coming into the scene glad they uh they're enjoying the music glad that they're participating understand that there's a level of respect that still has to be there um when you are around other people respect their opinions respect their space you know respect why they are here they're here for the music. Their focus is on the stage. Don't fucking push them in the back. Just a thought. And, and if you're fucking late, it, 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 you see a dude in the crowd with a fucking broken leg and he's just trying to enjoy the fucking show. Leave him the fuck alone. Maybe don't fucking bum rush that dude. And just my, a thought. And my point, circling back, is 
Don't be that person that is shaming someone else or trying to shame someone else for supporting a band that you think is whatever. Mm-hmm. Don't they're the devil. Don't fucking <laughs> try to be the cancel culture fucking warrior. Dude, who cares? It doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form if so-and-so on social media supports a band that you think is the devil. Who cares? Who fucking cares? Enjoy your own shit. Let other people enjoy their own shit. Just it, it, Life can be so much more simple if, you know, we, we, we talk about, you know, we, we, we've shit-talked Avenged Sevenfold or you know, I talk shit about Bear Tooth or whatever, but it's it's never out of... Oh, you're fucking stupid! If you listen to Ben, you should die. Yeah, you should. Ca- we should yeah. cancel. No, I just—they're just not my cup of tea. But they're incredibly popular, and they're a lot of people's cup of tea, and that's okay. If I say something jokingly to Tyler, like I did earlier, like oh, but he listens to Beartooth, it's a joke. It's I—I I, I don't care that Tyler listens to Beartooth. I don't care that Tyler's favorite band of all time is Thrice. I don't. It, it has zero, zero effect on me whatsoever. Live with that mentality of, does it affect me? No? Then I shouldn't worry about it. Bottom line. Moving on. Preston, what's your hot take, buddy? So, it's not going to be as controversial. Controversial? We probably just earned, like, a bunch of one-star ratings on shit. Bring it on, That's fine. It's all good. Any news? Of a topic, but... I scroll through Facebook, follow a bunch of guitar brands, and there's a brand out there that I actually do really like. Um, Kyler and I have talked about them. Tyler and I have talked about them before, but I don't know if you pay as much of attention. I'm not quite the gearhead that you are. But the brand Kiesel Guitars. That makes some sexy guitars, man. Okay. <clears throat> so they do a th- Kiesel does a thing, and I can't remember if it's give me just a second they they upload on facebook specifically and probably instagram and everything else pics of the day of like custom builds that they did and i see these every day and i look through them and some of them are really fucking cool but the majority to me and of course this is subjective this is my own opinion they're too busy, and frankly, to me, 70% of them are ugly. <laughs> I think a lot of people gravitate. There's a huge trend of people moving towards these boutique instruments, uh, boutique gear, and because we've seen the same Les Paul, the same Fender Strat, uh, the same you know Ibanez, the same Jackson whatever it is, for so fucking long. Everyone's trying to find something a little bit different. And I think sometimes they get a little bit too, you know, out in left field and do some really weird shit. And like you said, look fucking ugly. Like, look, you can be different in a tasteful way. You don't have to get too wild. You ain't got to go off. But then at the same time... Which I know these are builds that customers make themselves... Right. Maybe people just have bad taste to me. I, I don't know. But Well, I mean, think about this too. Prince's guitar. Right. Bro, I'm going to be honest. That's the ugliest goddamn guitar I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's His logo famous. was kind of wonky, wasn't it? Yeah, but it's it's 
one of the most iconic guitars out there. Yeah. Eddie Van Halen. I thought the stripes were dumb as shit. Yeah. Iconic as fuck. Made it the his Frank own. The Frankenstrat. Yeah. Um. I you know the whole idea of like the uh, the worn strats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and tellies and the stuff. Relict. The relict. Uh, the yeah, the relict or the the road worn or whatever. Why would I buy a guitar that is brand new that looks old as shit? Mm-hmm. That sounds stupid as shit. Why the fuck would I do that? Yeah, I get what you're saying. So my my thought is, and as a guy that's pretty much only ever owned really basic guitars, you know, usually. Uh, the most wild one I've ever owned is that Randy Rhodes I had that was yeah. black with a white pig guard, you know, or uh, white. The 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 bottom horn was white. I've always like enjoyed some of the more intricate finishes, but some of the stuff. And I I was kind of disagreeing with you when you mm-hmm. first started talking about that. I started looking at some of the pictures, and I'm like, mm. feel free to take a couple seconds and look. A lot of these Facebook, are Tyler. a lot of these are. It pops up on my Instagram okay. a little much, um, and y'all know where I stand on a guitar. If, if if a guitar doesn't have a fucking headstock, I'm fucking out. I never did understand why people went towards that, like math core, bro. Like why? I don't know where the clit is. <laughs> um, he plays a guitar with a headstock. Tim yeah. does. I I'm just quoting Ryan. Yeah. Um. But like something like this, the 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 nobody Beautiful. can see this, but that's Beautiful. gorgeous. So it's like a it's like a gray natural wood finish super strap body with a black pig guard. Something like that is gorgeous. I like the natural wood stuff. Solid colors are great. Any kind of like a sunburst or a burst mm-hmm. color mm-hmm. is really cool. Even some of the like water finishes like this, I don't care for the color as much. But like or a, something like that is is pretty cool. But some of these things are just way too busy. Yep. And like this, like, no, it, it's like a tie-dye guitar. That's like a quick. beefed up hair metal. Yeah, guitar, it looks you like know? you're trying to be George Lynch or Eddie uh, Van Halen. It's like, like one like, of those dips. It's a dip. Is what it's like a hydro dip. So some of that stuff is way too. But like even this, it's a two tone natural wood finish with that fades out into a purple. That's cool. Poplar burl. That's top not. Probably. That's not I too much. Really like that. Yeah, that. See, I that's really too like. busy. To me. But Preston, you are hyper simplistic. Well, there's Flame beauty. Top. Look, there's yeah. beauty in simplicity. Absolutely. And I think people think too much about being different. Look, I don't give a fuck what kind of guitar you're playing up on stage. If you suck, you fucking suck. If you rip, you if fucking you rip, rip. You fucking rip. Exactly. Yeah. That's my whole thought. If I it's can't just... hear your guitar, it doesn't matter. <laughs> don't don't let <laughs> you talked about Prince like so many people don't realize how incredible of a guitarist he is like he might be top five guitarists of all time when you're a god you could do what you want but people that don't musically understand probably looked at his guitar and said well that's fucking dumb looking like no just listen to the music so I think it can come at a detriment um what'd you just send uh part of my other hot take oh okay go to it so, um, a guitar brand that I've always loved and, and grew up loving is ESP. Uh, for all my metalhead and my gearheads out there, you probably love ESP as well. Well, a bunch of the YouTubers I follow, they do like 
overviews and rundowns of the newest releases by the major guitar companies. And one of my one of my favorites, uh, one of my favorite YouTube channels, um, Stay Metal Ray is his name on YouTube. Been a awesome YouTube channel that I've followed for years. He did like a rundown of ESP, um, their new guitars that they released on their LTD line and their E2 line. And I was looking through them and some of them are really fucking awesome. And I understand that inflation and the current state of the economy has affected pricing of absolutely everything, even fucking eggs. But I got to looking through the new LTD lines and specifically the new E2 lines, which if I'm not mistaken is the Japanese-made line, which is like in between the higher-end LTD and the ESP Custom Shop. And my hot take is that ESP, whether they realize it or not, and I feel like it's pretty fucking obvious that they should realize it, they're pricing themselves out of the market. And for example, I'm looking at an E2 Eclipse right now. That is uh, the, the first one that comes up. It's a Tiger Eye Sunburst finish. Japanese made guitar, not made in the US, not custom made. And I know it's a great guitar. I have an LTD Eclipse and I fucking love it. $2,800. I'm looking at these, and you would never catch me sp spending this kind of money on one of these guitars. I just think that a lot of these guitars are, like you said, are, are are trying to get ahead of the curve. Let's face it, the economy fucking sucks. It ain't fun right it's now. It's kicking all of our asses, bro. I'm spending $500 a month in gas right now. I, I don't even want to think about what I'm spending on anything because of the world, the, the America that we're living in these days. But... A lot of these guitar companies are trying to get ahead of the curve, I think, and get to that. Like, I'm sorry, ESP, you're not a boutique brand. You're, you're not one of the biggest guitar brands in the world. They're they're not making mayonnaise guitars. No, but they're, they're not one making of the S S and P guitars. Yeah. Um, I could think of a couple <laughs> different brands such as that, but you're an you used to be an everyman guitar. Well, what change that makes you think you can charge that much for a guitar? Who the fuck you think you is? And that's why I think that we talked about it before the show. Don't be surprised if Jackson takes over again. Yeah. Yep. They are. Oh, they, they, I mean, they, they they're are. currently in the process of doing yeah. that. Yes. Even though they don't have as many models and as strong of a marketing campaign, they are. I don't think they need it. Uh, you got a name like because of the hair metal that. days. They I would agree with that. You know, Misha Mansour's there. Oh, I know, I know. That's not hair metal. No, but I mean, because of the hair metal days, they already had this giant name that's carried. Well, they had a anyways. giant name that's carried for forty years, but it's all—it's not just that. It's this younger generation that's getting into them because of bands like Make Them Suffer, Periphery. Yep. yep. There's a lot of these new age metal bands, Spirit that, Box, Spirit Box that play Jacksons. That people are like, oh, that's cool. Oh, they have a signature. Oh, they have a pro series that's a little cheaper. Sweet. Let me get into that. And it's not that it's not that the other guitar companies Which makes me so fucking happy that Jackson's taking back over. Y'all know y'all Yeah, and it's not that these other guitar companies are are not like Jackson and Ibanez both. Let me throw that out there. 
Yeah, it's not that they are selling at a, how am I trying to say it, that it's so much cheaper or that they are, the reason they're taking advantage of the market is because ESP went overboard. I think so. I mean, I'm looking at this E2 Eclipse. It's got EMG pickups in it, beautiful guitar, different one, 2500 bucks. Yeah. I could buy, and I know that I'm not as crazy about them, but because they have a bigger name, and we all know, Ooh. I could buy a brand new Les Paul for twenty five hundred dollars. That's Gibson American made for twenty five hundred bucks right now. Or you could spend eight hundred bucks like I did and buy a um D. What did what, what did I end up getting a DX twenty or? The, well, the, I'm just trying to compare lines of like so I mean, their actual look, lines of products. I'm gonna put it to you like but, this. I'm gonna put it to you like this. <laughs> oh, mm. I think ESP got cocky, and and let me explain a little bit so it's not just reiterating what you said. Mm-hmm. Think of uh, Les Paul. At a certain point, they they became huge. Everybody wanted the Les Paul. Mm. Then they started jacking up the price because supply and demand says yep. I can fucking do that. And then early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s, Les Paul quality went to shit. Yep. But they were still charging a premium price for a guitar that was not a premium product, mm-hmm. but the brand was a premium brand. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think ESP over, you know, the 2010s especially, became a premium brand. Yep. And because they became a premium brand, they thought, well, we can do what Les Paul did and just start charging a premium price. And it's like, look, you're forgetting why you became a premium brand in the first place. Mm-hmm. You became a premium brand because you were an alternative option to the Les Pauls, to the Fenders. To the um, Jacksons at the time, probably. Well, Jackson, I don't think, ever has been a super expensive guitar. Maybe like Ibanez, because Ibanez like had some really expensive... Line and yeah, had some expensive, brand, uh, yeah. expensive lines, rather. But like uh, you, ESP was the alternative to that. It was a quality guitar for a fair price that they had to have been making a good profit off of because they still had, you know, their LTD series. It was a little cheaper, a little less quality. Their ESPs, you know, custom shops, all that, were of a much higher quality, but the price wasn't so drastic. Um, And so people really gravitated towards them. And as you start seeing bands come up and become really popular and they're playing these guitars, now more and more people want them. It cannot be a supply and demand thing because so much demand is now going to these boutique guitar manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Where is this demand coming from that makes you think you now have the supply that is worth the premium price? And like you said, why would I spend 
$2,500, When I could spend 1300 on a Chapman or a Jackson or a... And it's as good of a guitar. Yeah. You're, you're charging a premium price because you, you're, you became a premium brand for a short period of time. Les Paul did it because they were a fucking premium brand for 20, 30 years and were like, we're the shit. Mm-hmm. Even longer than that, really. They've been around for a very long time. Right. Um, Gibson in general. But um, I would say it's a bad business move. They're probably losing business. I think they're screwing themselves right they're, now. They're pricing themselves out of the market, and they're probably fucking themselves. And it's probably some dickhead um, executive yep. that's saying, you know, I need this. to, you know, we can do this. Yep. It was his idea to do this, and he's he's got to find a way to make it work, and he just refuses to admit that it's fucking wrong. But we can't see their sales numbers. We don't see their yeah. their spreadsheets and all that shit to know how much they're selling and whatnot. But I don't fucking hear about anybody wanting an ESP. Oh, I still do, but I've noticed oh, because of this. I mean, there's still pl- I mean, tons of people play them, but not the new. They ain't buying the new ones. Right. No, they, they ain't I'm buying the new ones. Not as many people playing no. them as there was ten years ago. Well, yeah, that's because the Eclipse was the ultimate metal guitar, metalcore guitar at one point. But yeah, um, I would agree with that. But I'm telling you, bro, it's 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 either a boutique brand that people are saving up and spending three k on minimum, yeah, on, or it's a Jackson, or it's an Ibanez, or I, it's a, I would say or like an economy. They're getting a Kiesel, yeah, which is like kind an of economy a, option where it's a, a a solid, yeah, a solid guitar. For a fair price, which is what ESP because you don't have to, to spend be. ten grand or you know five grand even on a guitar because you can spend money you can spend that on heads and pedals mm-hmm. and effects things to get the sound that you want to get. Where's tone at, boys? It's in the hands, bro. What was it, uh, John Mayer? Didn't he record one of his solos on his? Uh, Last album on like a yep. shitty ass fucking the song. Like, I guess I just feel like, which is an amazing fucking song. I don't remember the actual gear he recorded this solo on, but it had this really fuzzy tone. But he supposedly picked up some old, old cheap Epiphone guitar and cheap amp and recorded the solo to that song. Sounds amazing. On, and it's yeah. fucking incredible. But it's also John Mayer. So. But I'm going to try to see if my theory <clears throat> and what I've noticed is completely real really quick and reason being it's i not think real, bro. sean you're not um, real yeah that he's, motherfucker he's back there real. is not real sean uh got a oops sean got a stephen carpenter signature esp7 string what a year and a half probably two years ago was it esp yeah it was esp well ltd but esp um the Deftones signature, and he got this guitar for, if I'm not mistaken, 1400 bucks. It has Fishman pickups in it. Great guitar. Okay, so right now, what I'm seeing, it's not as... This specific signature guitar is not as bad as I thought, but right, it might have been 1200 or 1300 when he bought it. But now they're selling the same exact guitar for 1500 So that's, that's not as, as bad of a jump. 
but it's specifically the more I look at it, the E2 line where you were looking at anywhere between 1700 to two grand for an E2 ESP. Now you're talking 26, 28, $3,100. Dumb. It's had Dumb. an effect on everything, man. Yep. But, um, well, that's about all the time we got for tonight. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in and hanging on for, uh, an awesome season four <clears throat> premiere. We, uh, had a little fun, got a little controversial, got a little pissed off. That's what it's all about. It's all about the range of emotion. Um, bottom line, be kind to one another. Don't don't stick your nose where it doesn't belong. And be kind in the pit. <laughs> but anyways. And we, if you don't bounce, Chris will Chris find will you. find you. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Again, we apologize for the technical difficulty with the video. It was out of our control, unfortunately, you know, with the amber amber alert thing. So um again Follow all of the uh, social media channels. If you want instant access to the entire uh, entirety of season four and all of the bonus content that we that we uh, will be releasing, please hop over on Patreon uh, and search the Screaming Idiot Show, or go to the link in any of uh, our social media bios, and you'll find uh, the link to our Patreon. It's only five bucks a month. You get all of the entirety of the season all at once, and all of the bonus content that is exclusive to Patreon. Um, so check that out if you'd like. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you guys enjoy season four. We've got a hell of a guest list uh, stacked up for you guys uh, and look forward to getting those folks in the studio. So until next time, we are the Screaming Idiots and we'll see you next week. Peace, love, dove.